Thank you for listening, and welcome to Movie Sucktastic, the first official podcast of the website, MovieSucktastic.com. I am part of your hosting duo, Scott, of the Scott and Joey Duke team, and I'm just going to give a quick introduction here. This is a podcast about good movies and bad. We've got a couple of guys who really like films. So thank you for listening. Stay tuned afterwards for a quick plug of the website again. And if you have any comments on this podcast, please go to moviesucktastic.com, click on the email icon, and send us your, your thoughts, your feelings, your criticisms, your uh, tips, what have you. I look forward to hearing from you. Hope you enjoy the show, and hang on, because this is going to hurt. This is S. Michael Wilson. You can call me Scott. This is Guida. Uh, you can call him Joseph Ferdinand. No, Joey. It's fine. Okay. You changed that again, did you? I did. All right. So now, as part of the show, we just we just kind of recap uh, what what Joey and I have been watching in the past couple couple weeks. We're both uh, we're both big into films, obviously. That's why we're bothering to do this and yeah, and pollute the airwaves with us bitching and whining about films. So we're just going to leap through uh, any past notes we made on films we've watched and just discuss them a bit. Uh, I will let Joey lead. You want me to lead? Go for it, sir. You may start the uh, ball rolling. Well, I guess the first movie we should talk about is Dead Snow. Oh, okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, this is a Tommy Workola film. Uh, it's a that, no- that's the that's the cough drop guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, actually, um, he is a uh, pretty new director. Uh, I think he's only directed one other one other thing other than this, and it was. Um, Nothing to this caliber where this had actually like a real budget, real script, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I think, well, not I think, I know mm-hmm. this this man was heavily influenced by uh, other horror films that we all grew up with. Oh, well, he he mentioned some of them in the film, too. Yeah, he, he's, he didn't mention some. He mentioned a lot he in did. the film. Yeah, I'm saying uh, some, of, some, some of his... Um, inspiration that you can obviously see in the film through some of his editing, he does mention. He mentions Evil Dead, and there's an obvious... He, well, he mentions Evil Dead. He, uh, obvious he mentions, th- there's Dead. actually a scene in the movie where they mention uh, Evil Dead 2, yeah, and thinking. how it's not only uh, referred to by a lot of people as uh, not a sequel, but actually a remake. It is a sequel. Well, yes, we do know that, yeah. but he was just... I know. He yeah. was just mentioning in the right. film, and he says, you know... Evil yeah. Dead 2 is actually referred was, to he, by a lot of people as a remake. He was just spreading false information, like like euthanasia in the new healthcare plan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you a birther? I do not have a birth certificate. No, I do not exist. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, like some of the films he mentions in the movie, whether it be by an actual, by them talking about it, by them actually recreating scenes, yeah. or even a t-shirt, like Brain Dead. It's not oh, even dead oh, alive. I, I caught that like a mile away. It's not like, even not even dead alive. Well, but brain well, dead. Because dead, dead alive is the American title because there was already a film Brain Dead out on DVD Absolutely. on video at it's the time. Not, it wasn't that well, bad. Well, we it won't was, get into that. Yeah, but but this is a, this is your typical uh, horror fan makes his own horror film. Right. Um, it, whereas it has a lot of references to other horror films. It's it's uh, right. it's, and, it's serious but tongue in cheek. So there's yeah. a lot of dark humor. It's not a film that takes itself seriously, but it's not a film that resorts to camp and wackiness the entire way through. There are serious moments. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
I mean, and then just some of the films that it does refer to are movies like Brain Dead, it's on the T-shirt, right? Uh, Evil Dead trilogy, mm-hmm. all three movies yes. are referred to. Uh, Temple of Doom, you know, ah. Fortune oh, and Glory. Which, kid. by the way, I have that in my notes here. Uh, where is it? I love foreign films in which the characters occasionally speak random phrases in English. It's best, but I've been a fan of that ever since the old uh, days when when you could only watch Hong Kong action films through video bootlegs, right. and you would see uh, Chow Yun Fat suddenly break into English, saying "Go home, me baby," or something like that. It's just, or the, and they would do that every now and then. Right. It was, it was. Always, no, I agree. I, I love it when that happens. Too. It, it's it's such a weird. So yeah, in this film, and, and, and to see them because this film you know, is Swedish it's, or Scandinavian. It's Norwegian. Norwegian. I keep yeah, saying Scandinavian or Swedish. Um, and and the thing about it is, you know, they're 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 talking. You know, Norse. Some weird or foreign yeah. language, yeah. yes. Uh, they're speaking Norwegian. And then out of nowhere, he says, Fortune and Glory. Fortune kid, and Glory. And kid. it's in absolute perfect. And then, when, and then, then when he does the uh, Schwarzenegger's, I'll be back. <laughs> right. Or, <laughs> you know, the other ode is, you know, Die Hard with uh, Yippie Kaye. I missed I miss that part. Oh, really? That's, um, you know, when they're actually battling zombies. Oh, yeah. I, I must, it must have had to come, come real quick. It was very quick. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, Doom, April Fool's Day, Friday the Thirteenth. It's all there. April Fool's Day has become the film to mention if you want to if you want to show your true well, horror well, film chops. It it, it wasn't uh, oded to in so much that it was actually just talked about. No, it was mentioned. Them. But that's what I'm saying. But it, I've noticed that April Fool's Day is, is the horror film you mentioned when you want to show that hey, I don't just watch the mainstream stuff. I see the sleeper hits. I know the score behind the scenes. Yeah. April Fool's Day. How about that, yo? Yeah. <laughs> let's throw that out there. Yeah. Oh, you want to throw it down? Oh, yeah, how about April Fool's Day? It just, not it's, the remake, though. No, not no, no. They made a remake. Uh, yeah. Really? And it was very successful. Did I miss that? Uh, apparently. That must have been during my Mexican wrestling tour. Listen, I don't know how you missed it, but I did. I did eight thousand other films no, out there. Every well, well, no, I'm only saying I don't know how you missed it because I actually made a post about it on this movie sucks. Oh. Just about how. Why does this movie keep making money every weekend? It was always it was in the top five. It was number one movie at one point. Then uh, April Fool's Day. Yeah, I missed that. And guess when it came out? April. Oh, April. Damn it. So Uh, Easter could have been in April that year. I don't remember. Anybody who hasn't heard about Dead Snow, this is this is obviously a film. It's not obvious. It's a it's a Nazi zombie film. Exactly. This is in the. And it had Spirit. a very limited run here in the States. New York, L.A., you know. Well, it, it's got subtitles. It does have Say subtitles. Say no more. But, yeah, New York and L.A. was just about it, and that's the only way right. we got to see it. Now, so. now, Nazi zombie films, are it's like lesbian vampire films. Vampire films is a large genre, and then a specific genre is the lesbian vampire films. So, with, yeah, zombie films, there's tons of zombie films out there, but there has been a steady stream of Nazi zombie films Throughout the day, Shockwaves, uh, Oasis of the Zombies, it goes on. This is the latest Nazi zombie film. When I saw this trailer, right. it was I, I think my first note in my little movie journal here is Nazi zombies. <laughs> uh, my first, and thought... then my second note is Norwegian Nazi zombies. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you what, my first note for this movie was just how much I enjoyed uh, the opening scene with the music they chose for it. Oh, you, yeah. I, I just, it, I thought it, and it's what the, it's the music I. And again, I apologize for not knowing the composer. You suck. I, I, I'm sorry. I, it just, nice I, and I, you know what? And I, and I tried to look it up today because it's on the tip of my tongue. There's a nice little World War II classical music going in there that kind of plays oh, yeah. the Valkyries type thing. Exactly. Exactly. And, and it's just, 
And, and, and I was on the tip of my tongue. It's been there all day, and I tried looking for it, and I can't find and what the name of it was. I personally enjoyed, through the rest of the film, being exposed to Norwegian pop songs. Yeah. Because <laughs> you just, we don't get a taste for it in America. We're and, I, and I hear the one actress in the film, um, she does one of the songs and has a music video. Which one? Uh, the one that I, gets the, the house? Yes. Yeah, I have that right Because here. I believe the video is very... Very sexually suggestive. What's well? So was what's worse than being gut stabbed? Uh, being gut stabbed in an outhouse <laughs> in zero below weather in, well, or no, below zero I, weather. I, I, I think. One I, of my other notes is you I, know what? Okay. I think she, feces. She was, I think I think feces well, in an open wound trumps how cold it was. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Which reminded well, me. Well, you of, know what it is too. You know what it reminded me of? What? What? Sleepaway Camp Three. <laughs> That's actually not a bad one either. I, and shut up. Did you, ever, did you ever buy the box set? The one that looked it's like. It's on my a, wish list uh, on, on DVD swap. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the one Any, that looks like. Uh, anybody uh, out there right now laughing at me because I said Sweetway Camp 3? Shut up. <laughs> it's No, that that was cool. And there was that one scene where because she, she stabs the girl in Sweetway Camp 3 in the back like two or three times. Right. But it doesn't kill her. She's like, you know, it's, not, it's, a couple, it's a two inch blade, hits her in the back. She doesn't drop dead. She's like, ow, no. ow. So <laughs> she shoves her into the, kicks her into the outhouse and shoves her down with a stick. And so she's stabbed multiple times, covered in manure. She has leeches on her face, trying to quiet. She's hitting her with a stick. I was like, "This is brutal. This is <laughs> this isn't you just like machete to the head, move on." This yeah. is you know. Uh, that's, God, that's I haven't seen that movie in years. I, I I saw that before I saw the first two, and that's my favorite one. Oh really? Because it's just so. There's like a scene where she's gonna kill this girl. She and and the girls just like talking. You know, she's like complaining about something, right. and the killer's walking around. Just picking up random things and like trying to see if they'll kill her. Like, you know, co hangers, no, too soft. You know, a uh, hairbrush, that's not going to do it. You know, <laughs> it's just, but the actress is great. She does a, um, uh, I forget her name. From Sweet, uh, Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Or from Dead Snow. No, Sleepaway Camp 3. I don't remember her name either. Yeah. I'll get up, but, but that, that scene reminded me of Sleepaway Camp 3. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, one of my, but there's a lot of stuff in this film that reminds one you. Of my, one of my notes. For that specific scene is the girl is beautiful, the guy he's your movie geek guy. You know yeah. he, he's he knows everything about movies. You know he's almost like the blonde alter ego of me in some ways. And he gets he gets some. He gets, <laughs> yes. Well, okay, now, we won't go there. But but no, no it, it, it's no it's I, zero below zero weather. It is frigidly cold. Yes. And he's getting some outside. And the whole time I'm thinking, okay, the girl is beautiful. This the geek is is getting some, but it is so cold. You get the heat from the outhouse rising up. Because he wasn't barely hand. finished in there when she decided to come in. And yeah, he didn't do that. That was nasty. <laughs> that was nasty. Yeah, I mean he was still. But you know what? That makes it even sexier. <laughs> Actually, uh, I have would a, say because you you mentioned that too. The whole idea that you got the, the movie geek in that film. Right. And I wrote down here too is that. I hate it when a character that would have been me in a film dies horribly. Yeah. My uh, character should always survive. Yeah, he, he got the worst of it, I think. I see. Well, no. But I was, no? Hey, no. I don't. You die. obviously don't remember how he died. I do remember, sir. And we won't ruin it for everyone I, because it's going to be a while before this comes dude, out. Dude, I do remember, sir. Thank you very much. But, uh, I mean, it's just... I'm watching a film. It's like, oh, here's a, here's a chubby guy who loves horror films and... And he's fun loving. Is like, this could be me? And then like, and then like two scenes later, oh, he just got he, he you know he just got seventeen knives in the face. That's not fair. 
with all this, that's not how he dies in the movie. I know, but I don't want to ruin the film. No, what exactly. I'm, what I'm saying is, I, I don't like it when a character that could have been me dies. Yeah. Well, what do you expect? They're battling Nazi zombies. I know. Applets still coming back for their gold. It, it's which, sad, to you me. know, is in the house. Nazi. That's right, because no story involving Nazi gold ever ends well. No, no. Nazi gold is not not even uh, super um, Operation Condor two or Armor oh, God two Operation Condor. Oh God, that does not end well either. And that was Nazi uh, gold no, involved in they that. They never did. Yeah, if if you're ever involved in any kind of plot that involves Nazi gold, just sign off immediately because yeah. there are no happy endings. Never, it's ever. It's, it's the curse of because Na- Nazis. That's what that's the cool about Nazi zombie films is that it's it's the implication like with this group when these when they tell the backstory about these Nazis, the implication is, yeah, these Nazis are so bad they can't even kill them. It's like <laughs> you take like the word like the most disrespected evil army in the world and say, right. yeah, they're bad, but this bunch of Nazis. Oh yeah! Holy, oh my god! They rebelled god. against the Nazis. Because the guy even says it. Well, other Nazis, you know, when they would take over towns, they would, uh, you know, they would they would work with the people. Not these Nazis. These were bad Nazis. This is the This is the you know. It's it's like yeah. There's dinosaurs, but that's a that's an that's an angry dinosaur. <laughs> it's like just taking like a bad thing and making it worse. Exactly. I've, no, you're right. Oh, I've had food poisoning, but this food poisoning that was horrible. The worst food poisoning I've ever had. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's not much else to discuss about the film without giving away too much of the fun. Yeah, with it. we don't want to ruin it. But for, a lot of dark everyone. humor, and I love the ending. I saw the ending coming. Yeah, and, you, oh. and everyone will. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? It's it's an ode, but, uh, but you know what? In a lot of ways, to a, lo- a lot of other horror movies. There, there's so. two kinds. There's two kinds of. I, I saw the end coming. There's the kind where you go, yeah, like I saw that not coming an hour ago. And there's the other kind you're like, I'm so glad they ended it that way because that's the way I saw it, and it had to end that way. Right. Exactly. Any other way wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. So it, it's it's like the happy I saw that coming. It's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> you know, I just no, you're right. I, I don't think I ever have any of the notes on. Oh, never smother a girl on the first date. That's a that's a credo. oh yeah. That's a credo I've always lived by. Um, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, oh, you really can't do modern zombie films. Uh, and this comes up in this film and a couple others. Uh, without acknowledging public awareness of zombies, Shaun of the Dead had that whole scene where, like, you know, zombies that don't say that word. Yeah. Why? It's, it's weird, you know. It, it's it's like in a vampire film, it's just assumed everyone knows what vampires are. Right. Like, well, zombies is kind of like that that disconnect where it's it's well, do we mention the fact that people have seen zombie films? Right. Shaun of the Dead did it. Dead Snow does it to a decent extent. You have to you have to acknowledge its existence in popular culture. Yeah. Uh, more so than you do vampires and werewolves, because zombies aren't really ingrained with that kind of mythology. They're, they're, right. Even though there is a um, mythological base to the whole idea of zombies, right. uh, you know, voodoo and that kind of thing, you really have to admit, yeah, everyone's seen Roger Corman films. Uh, not Roger, damn it. Uh, you keep doing that. George Romero films. Yeah. And it was because I hate George Romero. No. Yeah, I'm no. not even talking. That's another. No, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. We could do George Romero. Well, I'll tell that's you right. what. Any, even grizzled old men. Are no match for Nazi zombies. <laughs> yeah, that guy came to warn them. I love, I, I love that, like the guy that comes out of nowhere. Is like, you know what it you is? You snot nosed little bastards. Yeah. You well, come up here and it, decide not to, you know, it's <laughs> the read Friday, about the, the 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 war of the land. It's the Friday. <laughs> the, it's the Friday the Thirteenth syndrome. Is that you're all doomed? <laughs> and that guy's always the first to go. You know, it's like the guy that warns you is always the first one that bites it. Friday right. the Thirteenth. Ever since then, it's tradition. The whistleblower gets it in the back first. 
right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So no, that's right. it. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, oh, and this is the first zombie film where I've seen someone bite a zombie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I Oh, and I noticed that. It's like, I never thought of that as in a defense against zombies. I, yeah. You know, I, I don't even know if the character really fully realized he was dealing with zombies at that moment. Probably not. Yeah, but but still, it's the first in, in a face bite too. Uh, no, because that was the first. Wait, 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 wait. That when, was the first. When, one. when was the bite? That was when he t- tackled him out of the cave. That was like the first. Okay, he was. Yeah. Okay, you're right. He was separate from yeah. the cabin. Right. That, that character was separate from the cabin because they actually talk about zombies and don't get bit. Also, um, interesting for where American... the one movie geek character says that, even though you know. Is is that going to be a thing in here? Is it not going to be a thing? Do you have any other notes on the? Uh, I do. Uh, I actually have the only thing I didn't like. It's it, not a major thing. You either. mentioned this and you caught me off guard because I didn't. There was nothing about it, the film it, I didn't it, like. It's it's so minor. I probably shouldn't even mention it. Uh, and the scene was done comedically. All right, get to it. All right, um, and not to give anything away because I'm really not. Oh, but here, um, by the way, quick spoiler alert for anybody who who gets psycho about spoiler alerts. This is the film. This is we're, we're not going to try. We, we we'll always try not to give away the ending to a film and always. not to reveal too much. Always. But this is a podcast about movies. We're going to talk about films. If you hear us mention a film, do what I do. If I want to see a film, I hear someone talking about it. I turn the show off. Now I know I'm, yeah. what I'm doing is telling someone to turn this off and not listen to us. Yeah, I understand what are you that. Doing, man? But fast forward then. Fast forward to a part we're not talking about it. Right. Don't why even risk it? I don't read reviews on films until after I've seen them. We're talking about yeah. them, you know, and, 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 the and half the thing. films, half the films we talk about are going to be older films. Just, just don't be surprised if we mention something in the film you didn't want to know about. If if we start talking about a film you haven't seen and you really want to see it, just fast forward a bit. You know, show some common sense. Jesus, it's like on the DVD. You ever hear the DVD commentaries it when they get? Sounded like you insulted them right there. It probably did. It'll happen. Did, <laughs> You ever hear the DVD out of commentaries where they say, well, you know, I, we, I don't want to mention this yet because it hasn't happened in the film. And, and you know, some people, somebody might be watching this and have not seen the end of the film yet. If you rent a DVD you and haven't you're watching seen the comment, or listening to the commentary, and you listen to the audio commentary first, first, you deserve to have everything ruined for you before the end. You're right. I agree with that wholeheartedly. You, you should just have the DVD slapped out of your hand at the video store. They should ask that. <laughs> The counter guy should ask if you rent it, if you rent it at a, at a brick and mortar store and, and they say, well, are, what are you going to do with this film first? You know, watch the film. You say, no, I think I'll listen to the audio commentary first. They should slap you and take the DVD or away. Or they should smack you with the DVD and then throw it across the room. Throw the DVD across the room? Yeah. Smack you with the DVD I, I, and then throw it across I, I, the room. I, I, will, I will promote physical violence upon strangers. I don't know. But don't go throwing DVDs around. That's not nice. You think smacking it out of their hands and it landing... And possibly cracking the disc is any better? Are we going to quibble over how we assault the guy? <laughs> you should be physically assaulted if you do that first. Anyway, you're, you're right. Anyway, the only quibble, the yes. only tiny little thing I had, and it's almost not even worth mentioning, but it's a is quibble. the fact that they went out of their way in the beginning of the film when they're making their way up to the cabin that they had no cell phone service. Yet, they there's a scene in the movie where not only do they have a cell phone. Oh, no, no. But I, they actually sir, you're connect wrong. with someone. You're wrong. The guy even tells in the beginning. They say, we have no cell phone service up here. And he says, no, but you can get, you can get, uh, you can, you can re- get like a, our can, version of 911. You can get the emergency line. Cause that, that, cause Which, that. Which, uh, actually I did my homework is 113 in Norway. <laughs> but you couldn't tell but me the okay, name of the guy. All right, all right. But you have no idea what a perfect getaway is about. I have but no, you, no. you know right now we well, got 113. <laughs> If I was in Norway, I'd get there. If we dialed one one three right now, Norwegian would ask us, "What's what's the emergency?" Yes, but in in, in Norwegian. Well, you know what? Then okay, if that's the case, I missed that. But then okay. why didn't they try that earlier? 
I don't know, because they were panicking. I don't know. What? Don't read too deeply into a horror film, sir. No, and well, that's what I'm saying. Now you know what I did like in the opening, as far as like as far as that kind of setup thing. For Americans, it's not as common knowledge, or it's not something that you would just assume. So I like in that little conversation in the car where they kind of allude to the fact right. that in other countries, military service is mandatory. Oh yeah. So these three oh, guys. Oh, that whole scene where he's talking about how the, three, the guy. The three guys are in the car and, and they're talking and they're talking about well, how would you survive this? Oh, my military. You don't remember your military training? No. It's really kind of implied that there are some countries they, they where all have at a some sort age. of military training. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. So for a day of training, and it was you know what you're saying is right in foreign countries, you actually had like an hour of military it's, training it's, 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 or a period of military training just, like we would have like math or science. Right. And it's just interesting to to watch a, a foreign film made where they they actually acknowledge that kind of situation. And fold it gently into the script. Right. I like that. I think my final note on this film was it's good to know that they're still making good zombie films. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, it's because always, you could absolutely make a horrific zombie movie. Yeah. So is that, is that it for you on I Dead Snow? I think that's it for Dead Snow. I'm going to start my beginning here. Uh, I watched a film called Rabid Dogs. It's Mario Bava's last film. Rabid Dogs. Yes. Uh, he, oh, yes. I, he, I, I remember you talking about it. Yeah, I haven't he, seen it myself. He, he directed it, and, but it was before it was completed, the producer was sued. And a bankruptcy hearing. Oh, that's right. And it they, was unfinished. They com- confiscated it before it was finished, and then it sat on the shelf until 1997, when some actress negotiated its release. So then they re- and uh, what year was it made? Uh, seventy something, seventy four. Wow. Yeah, year after I was born. Twenty three years on the shelf. Yep. So that's then they, they came out with it, and it's it's basically uh, it's uh, I have here my notes. Basic, I would just describe it as Arnold Horshack and Vinnie Barbarino <laughs> go on a sadistic crime spree. Uh, it, it's really basically what it is. Uh, possibly, ha- possibly has the most tasteful scene of forced urination I've ever seen in a film. Really? Yes. I don't think I've ever seen a scene like that. No, I, it, I've never seen the movie. It's. I mean, when two thugs make a woman urinate in front of them, it's done tastefully. Really? Yeah. So, kinda... it, what, what kind of shot are we talking about? Where? Oh, it, nothing you, to expose. You don't all... see anything. You just see like a trickle of. It's. It's of something. You know, moving along the floor. No, 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 no. They they show it, but they they pan and scan. They show it, but it's not crude. They conceal enough, you know. And you know, half the shots are of her crying, so that's okay. okay. It was no, but it was really it was very well done. It was well done. Um, <laughs> should I put that on my Netflix? It actually, yes, yes, you should. Yeah. And actually, it's it's in two versions. There's Rabid Dogs, and then Mary Baba's son did not like what they had done with it, so he re-edited it and recut it, and it came out as Kidnapped. No, no, I could be wrong. Have you seen both? It might be vice versa. I have not seen Kidnapped yet. Supposedly, the big difference is uh, they they shot exterior scenes to to make the movie longer, and in some ways, it defeats the tension of. So what you're telling me? Because the whole film, they're stuck in a car. It's the like whole, the it, whole movie. It's 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 Reservoir Dogs on a road trip. Yeah, these three hoods. So they, there's it's a heist gone wrong, and then they kidnap this guy with a kid and this screaming woman. After uh, Horshack stabs her friend in the throat, which is never a good start to a relationship. Yeah, you think. Um, it's actually the wrong way to start a car trip in general. So what you're telling me is the son took the movie that his dad had done. No, 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 but his father hadn't completed it. He, he didn't like no, how... No, I understand that. He didn't like how I'm the saying, studio completed it. What I'm saying is he's, he filmed scenes years later. Yes. And is expecting them to blend into a 70s... I actually heard they did a good job. Really? That they're not that bad. Did they they got the same see, kind of cars and you well, know. not even not even that. Did they use the same kind of camera so that it I haven't looked seen it. kind of you know from that? But I haven't time heard period. I haven't heard any real complaints about his job doing it. I've, any complaints I've heard is just that they felt it changed the tension of the film. 
Well, that's yeah, all. Anything. Yeah, sure. Now, here's the interesting. You'll enjoy this. Uh, Bob will always, every now and then, he throw like a, a wild card out there. And in one scene, the one of the criminals is, is injured or fatally wounded. Okay. And the other one, he used, as a metaphor for the character's conflicted feelings of emotion and violence, he, he quickly shows scenes of a pinball and a pinball machine. Okay. Literally, it's like, it, it'll catch you so long. You're watching it. And I was like, ding, 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 <laughs> What was that? It just, scene of violence, next shot is... He's, he's looking at his friend bleeding out on the chip uh, on the car seat, and then you just you see, and he does it like two or three times in the and course of a half a minute. Nothing to do. Well, he was going for a kind of weird meta visual metaphor uh, about his internal struggle. I don't know if it works. So and it's okay, the only so they, they keep and going the, back and forth between someone bleeding out and a pinball. No, the guy watching him. Yeah, and the, and the guy bleeding out. Yeah, but it's it's only done for that one like half minute, and he never weird. does anything that bizarre later. It's like out of nowhere he just decides to go crazy and have his little fun. Maybe if he, that's fine. Maybe if he had finished it, he would have put more stuff like that in. Yeah. But they tried to stay faithful to his notes too. It also has an excellent twist ending. Really, one that I did not see coming. Because we can usually pick those. Oh apart. no, this this twist ending I was it totally caught me off guard. I I didn't I did, it did not end the way I thought it was going to end. Okay. And there's a little teaser at the beginning of the film. That kind of makes you think about how the film is going to end, and right. you forget about it. And then when you see the end, it only makes sense once you see the end. And I, I mean, I hate—I don't want to challenge you to try to guess it because that'll ruin it for you. No, no, no. no. But, well, now that I know that there's a, you know, but it's a—it is really one of the better twist endings I've seen. It's a really good film. It's like uh, that scene yeah. from uh, here, here, yeah, here's the, my, the It Crowd. Here's, here's my synopsis of the film. I think figuring out the ending is fun. <laughs> well, I do, <laughs> but I'm your boss. So, uh, my synopsis for the film is Blade, 32, and Ricardo. Those are the characters' names. 32 is based on the size of his, size of his penis. Really? C centimeters, yes. Uh, Blade, 32, and Ricardo kidnap a frantic woman, boring businessman, and unconscious child to escape the scene of a botched heist. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> Not much else in that, but I highly recommend it. Uh, I, I, I think they could have, uh, I think they could make a remake, though, right. on the New Jersey Turnpike, and they could call it The Toll of Violence. <laughs> That's my suggestion, yes. So what you got? Uh, what else have you seen? Well, I have the challenge that you gave No, no, no. Me. Challenges later. Keep moving. I don't have anything else. What do you mean? Are you, it's all, all you've watched? Since we've done this? Dude, step aside. Listen, I'm going to run through some quick I, ones I here. Don't, I don't have as much free time, unfortunately. You you know, you're rubbing the unemployed thing out. I, no, no, no. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But all I'm things saying, are gonna go, is it go time already? It's not go time. But well, I, well, I, well, I opened my can of whoop at what the? <laughs> I don't have to put it out. All I'm saying is you have a little bit more time right now for movies than wow. I do. I stuck to the game plan of, of watching. <laughs> I mean, we could talk about I love you, man, which is my challenge to you. Stop the look. We are going to talk about we'll, it. At we'll some save point. that for later. Let's save okay. that. Let's save that. Right. We'll start throwing punches. Okay. Uh, let me run through the other stuff I've seen real quick then. Just for you. Have you ever seen a bucket of blood? I have. You have seen bucket of blood. The yeah. Roger, Roger Corman. It's the, oh, the only star. Yeah. Dick uh, Dick Miller's only starring role in the That's film right. ever. That's right. I love Dick Miller. Tell me what you thought about the film because I, I I I watched it on my iPod actually. Oh uh, really? There's this uh, video podcast UHF and this guy downloads horrible films. Half of them are from MST3K episodes. Well, you know, even though. I ha I haven't seen the movie in years, mm -hmm. so, but and and I'm foggy on the film, and I'm gonna be I'll be completely honest. Yeah, with you. I've seen it. I, 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 I You know, late. But what's night. your impression? My impression? 
I mean, and I'll watch anything with Dick Miller in it. Seriously. Oh, oh yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, even the, the this that one little scene he has in Little Shop of Horrors where he's eating the flower. Well, that little scene. He's he's in the whole film. He comes, yeah. yeah well, I mean, the main the first thing you see him is where he's eating that flower, and it's just like, I just love Dick Miller. I just oh here's here's the one thing I noticed, and I don't this is I didn't do any research on this yet, so I'm sure it might actually be noted in books. Right. But a bucket of blood is Dick Miller plays a simple busboy who wants to who wants to uh, impress his artistic brethren. So he starts killing people and covering them in clay. That's right. Right. So, uh, I so, remember, so he I'm starts remembering kill, more of it. Now. So he starts to kill people for fame and fortune. He's a simple person that works there. So to kill people for fame and fortune, he gets found out he dies. Little Shop of Horrors is about a simple person that works at a florist shop. Right. Starts killing people for fame and fortune. It's a remake. Roger Corman remade his own film a year later. <laughs> That's basically what it is. Essentially. Yeah. And, and again, holy crap! For, you're right. You're mentioning Roger Corman. Not a big surprise. No, but I, no. I, I had never really sat down and watched Bucket of Blood until recently, and and, and you know what I've seen recently? half hour into it. No, you're too late now. I'm, I'm no, 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 no. Right. I'm just saying it's Roger Corman related. What? Because it's the only way you can get is a, I've seen the original 1994 version of Fantastic Four. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah, if we're gonna delve Roger Corman. Well, the, I mean, it's just that that's the man never graced. Uh, the, the the film screen with anything really no notable. don't careful now because there's some hardcore Roger Corman fans will start snapping and say oh, what about the black cat you know don't, don't start well, no okay. just well, let's, right, let's not let's right. not badmouth the guy you oh, know no matter what right. he gave us some good he gave uh, bucket of blood thank God he gave me bucket of blood because because <laughs> Dick Miller's a genius in it Julian Burton plays the 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 beat poet with the, oh, right. one of yeah, the weirdest yeah, looking yeah. beards I've ever seen on a character he he, he puts Maynard G Krebs the shame <laughs> excellent. Uh, of course, in, in true Corman fashion, the film is called A Bucket of Blood. Right. There is no bucket of blood in the film. Nowhere. No. At one point, he puts a pot under a guy who's bleeding a little bit, but that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, and it's not a bucket. It's no, a it's pot. a pot. Yeah, yeah. A pot of blood didn't work. So, you know, he knew he, it was obviously you know, Little Shop of Horrors, right. Bucket of Blood. He, he knew what he, the crowd he was aiming for. Uh, the, the plot is actually more plausible than it sounds, too. Like the fact that Dick Miller, yeah, he starts killing these people because well, all of a sudden he's killing them off one by one because uh, they they're not in. Well, it starts like off the, it, it the starts limelight, not the limelight, but you know, it's like you know, hey, where did whoever go? Well, that's, you know? but no, he doesn't think like that. He just no, the, no, no, the no, first no. couple are accidental. Just, Don't forget, he kills the cat accidentally in the wall. Yeah, and I'm telling you, there's nothing funnier than a gut stabbed cat, <laughs> <laughs> and then wrap it in plaster and sell it as art. I, <laughs> man, the Fairley Brothers did not. Start, you know, the whole black comedy of hurting animals first. Roger Corman had it down. <laughs> no, and then he kills the cop that tries to nail him for drugs accidentally. And, right. And after that, after those two, he's like, well, everybody likes this stuff. Then he starts doing it maliciously. Right. You know, then he starts actually strangling people. It's, you know, it's a really good film. Uh, the art, the, this, the film's knowledge of art and beat poetry is probably equal to Tron's knowledge of computer programming. Oh, as God. far as just like that yeah. kind of, like, Roger, have you ever been in a, in a, been would beat poets in an art art gallery. It's just that kind yeah, of like exactly. And, it's, it, it, and I've yeah. noticed every film from that time period that ever does the beat poetry thing, it always has like a middle middle aged couple that comes in. They get the they want to know what the scene is, and the wife's eager, and the husband's like, yeah, whatever. You know, every yeah. every beat po beat film beatnik film from the fifties has that kind of scene where the, the squares come in because they want to be hip, and they're like, you are not hip, man. <laughs> Get out of my Away! Store. Away with you! <laughs> to the dawning of the light. <laughs> There's an interesting narrative right. device where 
Dick Miller's character has photographic memory, so he remembers every poem that's ever said and every line of dialogue. So there are scenes in the first half of the film where after he does these horrible things in his room alone, he repeats dialogue from earlier in the film that shadows what he's doing and what he's going to do. And it's actually a very cool device. Really? And Yeah, I like I said, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, I, I, actually, I think Dick Miller complained because he, he felt that the movie had, would have been better if it had a bigger budget. Obviously, because he's the star. Well, yeah. Because he loved the screenplay, but it was just, it was such a, you know, poverty road type 10 day. I think it was, an, yeah, I think it was another 10 day Corman film. So his complaint was it really deserved more, more than it got. But stuff like that makes you realize it did because there really was that cool device of right, right. him just, just reiterating stuff. Very nice. But uh, I, I would put it up at the top of my Roger And actually, it actually was shot on, um, Little Shop of the Horror sets too. Oh, was it really? Yeah, both had both used the same sets too. And that's how much of a remake Little Shop of Horrors Jeez. was. Because I think Horror, Little Shop of Horrors came out the, the year after. If, I don't have that note down here, but I'm uh, sure it did. Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, 59? So it was Book of the Boys. 60? I think it was 60. So yeah. I, 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 think okay. I, looked, I think I looked it up. They could have been shot at the same time, for all I know. You, you never know. Yeah. I'm sure. Let's get that. I rewatched Severance. It's that British, uh, is it British or, I think it's British, British, uh, Horror comedy about uh CEOs that get trapped. They go on like a um one of those confidence building weekends for CEOs where they go shoot paint guns and stuff. Oh, okay. And they end up getting yeah, I never saw that. They get they get tracked down and killed one by one by crazed militants that were uh that that the government had tried to kill using their weapons. You know, it's it's it's, it's actually a fun little film. You know, it, yeah. it it's the it's hostile meets the office. <laughs> Okay. See, I've already sold it to you right there. You have. Right there. Absolutely. That's, that's I'll all definitely you need to know. check that out. Severance. Know, it's got some great references to Doctor Strange Glove, uh, Doctor Strange Love, and Love. Fast- <laughs> Sorry. Shut up. You were thinking of the scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, for, when I was a kid, I thought it was Strange Glove because they'd shown with a hand. I didn't, you well, know. Yeah. So it always sticks <laughs> in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Animals will be bred and slaughtered. <laughs> what is the point of having. A doomsday device if you don't tell anyone! <laughs> but it, it has, it's got some cool references to the Faster Pussycat Kill right. in it, too. Oh, really? It, yeah, and, and actually, if you get the DVD, there's some great making of videos on the special features. Apparently, they're ballistics guys yeah. who are complete idiots. Oh, really? So the guns were jamming every five seconds, and they did, they, these guys, like, they hired these special effects crew, um, they, and they I didn't, hadn't a clue what they were doing. They were making it as they were going along. Right. And there's even a scene where there's a bus crash. And they got a local stuntman, and I forget where they filmed it, but the the stuntmen there are a little more reckless. They were, he was supposed to hit a ramp at 35 miles an hour. Well, he decided that 50 miles an hour would be more impressive. So wiped out the bus twice as much as they expected. They had to rewrite the script to make everybody more injured than they were supposed to be because the bus was so wrecked. And the guy uh, only wore a motorcycle helmet. That's it. And that, and he knocked himself unconscious when he did the you know just silly. Oh, and ultimately, like, it's, it's a great like low budget background stories on the, you know, the director's actually filming himself saying these people are idiots. You know, <laughs> it's always nice to see that. Definitely but I right. highly recommend that. I was, that was, I'll have to look that up. That was out in two thousand six. I actually got it accidentally in a DVD trade. Really? And it turned out to be a good film. Fairly new movie. Oh, really? It's not that old. It came out, it, it, for, yeah. for, for whatever reason, when you said the name, I, I was thinking it was older for some reason. No, no, that's kind of new. I should have given you that. Yeah, uh, I would have definitely. Wanted to see I watched Dead Snow and. Uh, Land of the Lost. I, you know what? I have seen Land of the Lost. Seen Land of the Lost. I yes. have. And I gotta say, it, it wasn't great. 
and I can understand I, it had some shortcomings the, the, in the third act. Right. There's a there are a lot of scenes that they, they drop they try to drop the humor too much. Right. There's a lot of scenes where everything stops so they can do their funny dialogue, and it really slows the film down. But how much do you love Danny McBride? Danny McBride is the man. I, I love. Danny I have McBride. not been disappointed in the film he's been in yet. Everything that he does, just his way of comedy, just the way he delivers everything. Uh huh. It just I just genuinely find him funny. And anyone who used to watch the original Land of the Lost can't not like this film because it just took a, a cheesy little low-budget kids film right. and just turned it into something fun. And it didn't... My philosophy? Anyone in a tunic? A tunic? Always bad. Yes. <laughs> you can me, never trust them. Served me right all these years. <laughs> well, I like, your, I like your your quote that you told me before I saw the film. When he eat, oh, the with donut, the donut? It's a, it's a donut with M&M's in it, so when I'm done eating the donut, I don't have to eat M&M's. <laughs> it's just... There's no, like there's like little, little flashes of rinsing like that. Yeah. that, yeah. And Will Ferrell, as usual, he, there there are scenes where he just runs with a joke, and keeps going. He's actually funny. Then there's yeah. other scenes where it's oh, let me do the half naked. And they stick found again. A, yeah, exactly. I was just gonna say they found another way to get him in his yeah. underwear. I, and you know, it's 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 one it of works those... half the time. This time, it, it, I think it only worked because Danny McBride was in the same scene. Yeah, I guess. You know, I just a little bit. Yeah, you know, and I th- I would yeah, not, I mean, how many times can you? I cannot think of a better chaka. Oh, <laughs> they did Chaka so well because it's not just a cute animal. Like they take right. the cute critter, but then they just make him kind of perverse too. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> just I mean, and you know what? I, I haven't looked up who the actor was for that, but I would swear that was Seth Green for a second. No, too small. No, Seth Green is a small. I usually too wiry. I don't. I, I don't. Well, no, it's not Seth Green. I but know. if you, if you look real quick, you go, like, is that Seth? And Green? and in the, the set design. Beautiful, the landscape stuff, like the, the well, very it cost a hundred million dollars. Well, I mean, it's just the minimalist, surreal sets of like right. the like the the old drive-in screen with two cars sticking out of it, and just all these. Oh yeah. Or the door down around. It was almost like 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 Dolly postcards. It very right. very very surreal, very simple, very scenic. I get it was every shot was like a postcard, like postcards from Land of the Lost. Oh, you're was, absolutely right. Like a vacation photos. It you was know, very and, beautiful. You know, the unfortunate thing about the film is it didn't really do well at the box office. No. It actually, it cost a little bit over $100 million. I think it was like a 105 or 115 It cost a lot of money. And did really bad at opening weekend. Mm-hmm. I think it I think it just broke 20 mil. The the first Will Ferrell film out of like three or four that I actually want to see, and it's the one that no one else wants to see. Yeah. It's yeah. really... And, you know... Other than semi pro, a lot of his movies have been doing really well, you know, uh, box office wise. And this one, they give him, uh, you know, TV show from the 80s, and they give him a pretty decent script, and a summer release in June, just when school's letting out, and nobody cares. Yeah. It did terrible. I think total gross before foreign was somewhere in the 50 million range, mm-hmm. which is happy. What it cost? I mean, it, it uh, probably it, it. I don't think it's going to make back the full cost of the film, even with the foreign, but uh, the foreign take. Right. Maybe with DVDs, maybe it'll find a you know a bit of a cult status. We'll get money for TV and cable and all that. Well, I mean, it's not a great film. Don't get me wrong, but no, I was impressed. I was impressed how the beginning. I've seen worse movies. Oh no, GI Joe. I, I, I make fifty plus million, you know, over a weekend that don't deserve to do that. I thought I was impressed with the beginning, how it quickly set everything up and just dove right in. But then in the ending, tend to drag on spots. Right. It was really just, you know. And you know what? It, it was a fun movie. But they should have stopped it ten minutes earlier. 
and let them let them lost. Although I will say, uh, I I love the Matt Lauer bookends. Oh, <laughs> I I could watch. I could if you just if they just showed those two scenes, right? And like just told you what happened. I'd be fine with just you know getting a synopsis of the film and watching those no, bookends. Exactly. Matt, exactly. I, but did you believe for one second that Will Ferrell was some brilliant scientist that figured out the time-space continuum? No, of course I mean, not. But, yeah. And then that's how you know it's just a fun movie. Exactly. Because you know somebody like Will Ferrell. And also, besides the female character who is almost interchangeable to anybody, she's, I mean, I'm not knocking the actress. No. I, I, there's I, nothing. Everybody there's, knows exactly what There's nothing to recommend her except she's pretty and she's she's the only smart, really smart person in the group. Right. You know, and that's, exactly. that's I, I usually like, I like films where, all the main characters are all equally bizarre, ridiculous, or hopeless. Yeah. Like, uh, um, like Marx Brothers would be a classic example. Like all the classic. Saw a real great documentary last night about that. Probably. There's, a, there's a difference between like a Laurel and Hardy and an Epic and Stello. You know, sometimes the straight man works. Sometimes you don't need a straight man. Comedians play off each other. Land of the Lost was a great example of they didn't need a straight man at all because right. the comedians play so well off each other. That's one of the reasons sure. that, um. Pineapple Express, I enjoyed very much because the comedians no, played right. off each other. There was very, no real straight good. man, no. and like even your bad guy is ludicrous too. There's there's no serious person to actually focus on in no, the film. It's no. just a bunch of lunatics. Exactly. And that when done right, it's good. And that's what Land of the Lost had going for it. If it had did a bit more of that and got away of some of the, I know you'll commiserate with me on this. Uh, great special effects, but at least three horrible blue screens. Oh yeah, and what other series was really really bad with that Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings well almost all these every films, single one of those movies good move very good movies Indiana Jones and the uh and um the last oh, crusade last had that percent. one well, horrible... you know what that was also 1989 no and excuse it, I I think it has a bit of an excuse no excuse because they did they did good blue screening that time period too no, and, they in, didn't. in the same film there's no I'm saying but there's that one shot in the same film there's some yeah. really good blue screening but then they always had where? that one shot that where they, I don't remember, it's the whole film. There's lots of blue screening. But there's always one shot where they force it, where they almost can't, where it's like, we'll fix it in post. And I think the problem is we're getting to that kind of age where CGI has given filmmakers that mentality of we can do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, so when no, they, you're right. when you talk about Land of the Lost and they say, all right, here's what we're going to do. And there's, there's tons of blue screening in the film. But oh, then, oh, yeah. But then you get to a point where it's like, all right, where he's going to slide down the dinosaur's tail like Fred Flintstone. And they say, oh, well, we can do that in post, or we can do that in this. And then there's no way you can do that. with. It just doesn't work. It, it, it's horrible. But by the right. time they realize they can't do it, they're already in post, and they already have the scene. Yeah, and they either have to you know, get rid of it or yeah. use it. And what do they do? Yeah, they like the, the first Lord it. of the Rings, where they're all standing on that on the, 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 the stairwell that's breaking. Oh, yeah, and there's yeah, that yeah, one yeah, shot yeah, where yeah, they're yeah. all moving the, the, uh When they're in the... Uh, the Go ahead and impress me. The tunnels of Moria. Moria. There you yeah, go. There you go. Yeah, and uh, they, um, no, exactly. You're exactly right. And you can see. There's a, you see it's a, Strider. It's a three second and you shot. See Frodo coming right at you at the screen, and it looks horrible. It's a three second shot, and you can almost see the black, the blue screen, like moving behind them. That's how bad it is. And it's exactly. almost. It's, it, yeah. It's every every film has them. So well, every one of the Lord of the Rings had at least one scene like that for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they just wanted to keep up again. They hit, with, well, you know, with, with that they did it in the first. Movie. I think with all these films, they hit one scene where they go where they're not having left figured out. So you know what? We'll finish it in post. Right. With the computer graphics today, we can do it, and especially with uh, Weta and all that with with Peter Jackson, I could even see him like believing he could fix everything in post. And I guarantee you. That in Lord of the Rings trilogy, that one bad blue screen each film, yeah. that's one out of twenty that looked great, and they did that in post too. 
You're probably It's just right. to get the one thing where, you no, know what? It definitely. Just, you, you're absolutely that's all. right. You're absolutely right. But I enjoyed Land of the Lost. I it did. Was I fun. enjoyed it, too. You know, and, it, and an ingenious way to get the theme song in there when he has Will Ferrell sing it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? And I still giggle. I'm, I giggle too when when they do remakes of this, and they like when Transformers had the original voice or original right. noise. Oh, right, right, right. I giggle when they do stuff like that because I, I love that slavish. Uh, but they do it in that slavish dedication to the fans, even though most people won't get it. No. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I I love in Land of the Lost where where they mentioned like, a routine expedition, and then during the earthquake, like like just completely out of place, Will Ferrell's like. Probably the greatest earthquake the world has ever known. <laughs> it's just like, like a slap in the face. It's like, well, you're, we're not going to try to make it sound realistic. Just go for it. <laughs> but you know, I'll tell you what. Uh, you know how I said I, you know, haven't written written notes on movies that you know because I haven't. I do remember another film that I did see. Oh, it, it is relevant. Let's uh, watch the Spirit again. Is that it? No. What? No. Uh, Last House on the Left. The remake. Oh, you finally saw it. I did see it. And you've seen the original, right? Of course I've seen the original. Okay, I'm just checking. And hated. I know we go back and forth a lot oh, about... Oh, that's right. You didn't like the you original. You liked the original. I hated it. I think the villains from the original, the one, uh, the main uh, leader of the of the group, looks like a fucking used car salesman. Wait, 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 and wait. I hate that. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. Are we talking about Last House on the Left or Hills Have Eyes? Last House on the Left. Just making sure. All right, all right. No. Uh, I enjoyed the original Hills Have Eyes, and yeah. I enjoyed the remake of Hills Have Eyes. Too. All right, so, so Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left, the remake. Yes. Have, have you seen it? Yes. You did You did see the remake? Oh, yes. Oh, very good. So we can actually talk about that. Go for it. What did you think of it? All right. Um, did you have problems with it? I, I have one. Only because, you know I what? I, I know I had less problems with it because of my utter hatred for the original film. So, in my opinion, your anything problem, that they did problem. in the remake is going to be better. Your problem is you probably saw the version that has the cop riding in the chicken chicken truck. And that that, that tends to... Uh, I saw the unrated version. Of the original, I'm saying. Oh, oh, the original. When the cop's riding in the truck full of chickens. Uh, yeah. That tends to ruin the film for a lot of people. <laughs> no, you're no not. there's a lot more wrong with it than that. I have, I have one basic quibble with... And here's, here's everything you there's a minor, Everything from the music there's to... A, the way the pacing, it, I just hated it all. Okay, but the remake you liked. I did like the remake. All right, here's my minor problem with the remake, and this is a minor spoiler, but only if you don't watch the trailers or don't know the original film. In the original film, these this, the Charlie Manson-looking gang, they kill the they daughter. rape and kill the, the daughter and yeah. her friend, and then they break down and they end up at the house. Of, and by, I think this is actually a remake of a French film, too. I have to look, some, look into it a bit. Okay. Cause I read something somewhere about the same film, same plot line, and I think they remade it. But it never really gets built as a remake, um, and they they somehow end up at the house of the parents of the girl, and they find out. And in the original and film, they take the, revenge on them. Well, yeah, in the original film, the parents snap and go on a bloody rampage that we're we're gonna take out these bastards that killed our beautiful daughter. Girl. Yeah. And at the end, it's a it's a feel bad ending because these these parents like just they they degenerate to the level of the criminals and they do horrible things to them. There's like a chainsaw fight at the end, and then when they come out of the house at the end, there's no joy. It's like we did this, and but she's yeah. still dead. We're gone, and it's a, it was one of the classic feel bad films of the exploitation genre, like uh, I Spit on Your Grave, where it's a vengeance film, but at the end she's she's not a happy camper. Still, it's just not it's not that kind of film. So with the remake, the one change they did is where the daughter's not they rape her and fatally wonder, or yeah, mortally mortally wonder, yeah. but she swims back home, and that's how they find out. 
instead of overhearing them, like she comes back and they find her, and then they eventually put two and two together and figure out that she they they did it because they have the picture or there's there's a plot device where that she doesn't tell them they just figure it out, which is a minor ripoff. Um, but the problem is now they changed the game. Now the game is we're not going to take revenge on these people, but she's alive. We have to get her out of here. So we'll do anything we have to to save her. So instead of becoming a vengeance film, it becomes a survival film. And there's even a point where the where the yeah. father the father grabs the mother and, she, and like, is this, this is the hit the hammer hit the audience over the head with a hammer moment. Okay. Or it's okay. It's implied, but for anybody not paying attention, we're going to drive this point home. The husband takes her and says, "We have to do whatever, whatever it takes. Yep. Wh- whatever it takes. Just and it's and he says like two or three times. And, and it's oh, like anything we have to do, anything, anything we have to do, we will do. Well, I mean, but so you but, know what? I find that to be more realistic than the original film. That's because you're not a bad person. I'm a bad person, <laughs> and I like films. You're that, not a bad person. I I like films where I like the films that take people like take the character to the dark side." Like Death well, Sentence was a kind of film where don't no, get me wrong, their little girl didn't die, but think of it this way: they did all of this damage to these people, and she didn't die. They did it anyway. They, they, they messed her up, though. They messed her up pretty bad. You know what? But she didn't die. You know what? The so difference? here's the thing: in the original film, they tear them apart because they killed their little girl. In this version, they do the same thing. But she gets to live. But if they, so think about no, that. No, no, think no. Think of how much but here's the, worse it's that excuse, is. It's an excuse, though, because the point is... Well, come on. If, yeah, they, of if course. they could find the boat keys, they'd be out of the house without having to deal with these people. But the thing is, they're put into a situation where they have to fight them. Right. Now, now they try to redeem themselves with the after credit scene, which I'm not going to reveal. No. It, well, that, it, that was very but good. But it's in the trailer. It is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. So that. if you've seen the trailer, it's already ruined for you, but I'm not going to double They that. actually show the whole thing in the trailer? They show enough of it where, where uh, again, where I'm sitting through the whole scene. Well, you know what? I, I I saw snippets. I I didn't see trailers. I saw TV spots. Yeah. Lot. And they can't show that in a TV it's spot. Qu- it's quarantine all over again. Let's show the last scene of the film in the trailer. So if you're paying attention, you're sitting through the whole film going, well, I know how it ends now. I so. did see quarantine. That was terrible. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk. We'll talk. Uh, maybe. But but that's we're not promising anything. But that's my my only complaint with the film. It's a minor complaint because it's still a good film. I felt right. Uh, and it's still a film that really shows the brutality of the scene, like when they stab the girl and let her die, and the rape scene. It's all done without any kind of. Um, but you know what? I'll tell you. It's what. all done brutally right. to show the true brutalness of it. And this is the kind of thing they're calling torture porn now. And I'm not going to get into it. But here's the here's the whole thing. Horror films that at some point in our life used to be horrifying. That's where the word horror comes from. And now we get complaints every time we show something that makes us feel bad. It's supposed to make you feel bad. It's horror. So showing the girl stabbed two or three times in the stomach and watching her bleed to death, is it is it a nice thing to watch? No. But that's why we're not watching the uh, love, love Actually, which I like. Um, we're not. This, this is not. I'm not watching Mary Poppins Which again. I didn't. We're watching a goddamn horror film. It's supposed to be horrible. You're not supposed to enjoy it. You're say, suppo- it's, it's supposed to. It's supposed to bother you. It's supposed to trouble you. So yeah. you have horror filmmakers like they did, like like when Wes Craven did yeah. Last House on the Left, the original. Yeah. And like when they did this one, and I, Wes Craven didn't direct this one, right? No. That's why it was no. good. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he um. Think about that for a second. No, if he did have anything to do with it, other than probably. A writing, a story credit. I shudder to think. Or executive producer. I shudder at the thought. Um, but 
they try, they're doing with these films now what they tried to do back in the 70s, which is make films that actually truly scar you in some way. Yeah. They're trying to reach an emotion. Romantic comedies try to reach a love emotion. Action films try to get it like that adrenaline thing going. Horror films try to horrify you. I thought this film came had a lot of good scenes where they truly were disturbing. There's where you're watching a scene, oh, yeah. and and you're, like you're watching when you're watching a rape sequence, you should be bothered. And I absolutely was. Yeah, it and was. You know what? I watched it with not the worst rape scene I've ever seen. No, that would be. No. Uh, you know the film. I do know the film. Re- Irreversible. Oh God! That with a twenty-minute anal rape sequence in in the um the, the under underground street crossing. Yeah, and you know what? That opening shot in the nightclub. Yes, must be seen to be believed. Yeah, no, it's, it's a, if you're gonna watch that movie, the film's a bit questionable. As well, far as I'll tell whole, you what: when that movie starts, it's kind of nauseating the way the camera works in the, and out. In the, and out, the in camera and work and and his whole. But that's only in the beginning of the movie. If you can get past the no, first ten minutes, no, that's not only beginning. It, 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 no, yeah, sure. It, 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 the, that it comes in and, and goes. out, it comes and goes, waving in and out it comes like and goes. that. But the most of it is in the first ten, yeah. maybe fifteen minutes. If you can get past that. Um, you know, it's not as bad, and it you don't feel right. as nauseous. So, so what I'm saying is, I liked the reason I, I the only reason I didn't like the hills, the last house in the left remake is because it wasn't horrifying enough, because they took away that element of uh, that 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 one event that takes a a, a normal married couple and right. just pushes them to a level of just 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 brutal, violent, yeah. uh, primal. That's what I'm looking for: primal rage. And just go batshit insane and just start tearing people apart. That's what I want to see. I want to see human beings totally destroyed on every psychological level. Right. This kind of re- redemption at the end that bothers me. Well, I'll tell you. Here's a question for you about the the girl getting stabbed in the stomach. Yes. Um, most brutal you've seen? No, but it wasn't. But it was. There was some of the more brutal horror you see are the ones that have an almost casual feel to it. When he stabs well, her, well, I'm bringing it up for a reason. Well, no, saying because when he stabs her in the film, that this is the in the in the part in the woods, right? Right. It, it it just happens, and then all of a sudden, all it goes kind of quiet except for the natural noises. Right. She doesn't double over and go, oh. There's just this kind of like, yeah, like no, what happened? Yeah, exactly. And then like and walks shock, away, even right. And then he does it again and again, two or three times. But it, it it the sensationalism of it's taken away, and it's just shown for the for the raw moment that it is, right. where it's almost. For, for the person involved in everything, it's almost unbelievable, and it, it's, it almost feels surreal in some ways because it's not over-exaggerated. We're so used to violence being over-exaggerated in films where, where a gunshot to the shoulder and the guy does three backflips overwork. Yeah. And that's yeah. acceptable. It, it is. If, yeah, it, if it's in the right because, context. It because, we're, be. because we're not, because we're taking violence and making it almost cartoonish. Yeah. What These horror, film, horror films like this not all of the so-called torture porn films, but like Last House on the Left, the original and this one, and to some extent, I feel The Hills Have Eyes, the original, right. that they, they try to take violence and take away the cartoonish aspect of it and show it for what it really is, which is horrible and disturbing. And there's something entertaining about that. Yeah, absolutely. That's just me. Well, the, where I was going with the, the, the stabbing, the stab scene is, and it's not even a horror movie. Where, uh, where the worst one I've personally, the, the way it, it affects me, every time I watch the movie... Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> no. Uh, no. It's Godfather 2. You ever see The Godfather 2? No. 
You should see I've seen, I've seen parts. You know how I feel about the Godfather movies. No, I, I don't. I, I know. Well, and you know what? I'm it's, not knocking them as films. I just don't care for that type of movie. No, and I they're, understand. But they're cinematic. I've watched the first one. I've watched part of the second. I've seen part of the third. Well, in my opinion, the second is the better film. I've heard that. The, the first one is a great movie. Love it to death. The second so, one, in my opinion, is the better so movie. So what scene are you talking about? I'm talking about the scene where um, Vito Corleone, which is... Uh, Al Pacino's father, Marlon Brando, as a young man who was played by Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. goes back to Sicily to confront the man that killed his entire family and forced him to flee Italy and come to America. Uh-huh. And the scene is uh, this old, he's probably in his 80s, uh, mafia, you know, boss. I mean, and Godfather movies never, we're, we're so used to, you know, the mafia you know, in films today that, you know, you think it's so, you know, sensationalized in today. This, this isn't like that. This is 1940s. I know. Well, actually, when, the, when mm-hmm. this was, it was earlier than that. I believe it was uh, 20s. Well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Uh, he goes back to confront him, and he's an old man at that point, and Robert De Niro is a young Marlon Brando, and he just leans over in his ear, and he says, uh, this is for my mother, because he he shoots her with a shotgun in the beginning of the second film. Uh-huh. Takes the knife. And not only do you see him stab him, but you see the knife. He just pulls it all the way up practically until he gets to almost the, the middle of his chest. And it is so brutal. See, now you spoiled the ending for me. It's not the end of the movie. Oh, damn. Uh, it is so brutal that every time I watch the movie, and I know that scene is coming, I no, I never look away, but I'm always like, cringe a little bit because it, it it's so realistic and it's just the anger that he felt mm-hmm. to do that was so real that to me it's almost more real than anything i've ever seen see, in a horror see, movie some, some of my favorite moments I'm more horrified at that some you know than a lot of things i've seen in, in, a, in a good horror movie some of my favorite moments in films action horror whatever is when you take a character and you can, it's so, the way it's filmed and the way the actor portrays it, it's so right. obvious that that character has lost everything except rage. Oh, yeah. And then, and they just, I mean, driven this to is, a, I mean, I can't, nothing years, comes to mind. Years later, I mean, because when this happened, he was a little boy, maybe seven or eight years old. Right. And he comes back 25, maybe 30 years later, because I believe it was 1901 when this happened to him. He comes back 25 or 30 years later to do this. I would be hard pressed to think of of my favorite stabbing sequence or the most brutal stabbing sequence. I'd, I'd have to, to me that it's while. Godfather too. Yeah, I nothing springs to mind, but I'm sure if I gave it a little thought, I'd come up with a couple. And one of the things in the film is uh, the one guy that De Niro uh, killed. Uh, Home Alone, what, Home Alone Three. <laughs> I think when no, wait, when no. he's a little boy, the mother. This is how the mother dies. Pleads to him, listen. He's my only son. You've killed everyone else. And he basically says, well, when he grows up, he's going to come back to kill me. And then he escapes, and the mother gets so, shot. So, the, so, so they pretty much tell you what's going to happen. Exactly. That's horrible storytelling. Exactly. They, well, the, well, you don't know 100%. That I'm kidding. Come, I know I'm you are. I'm kidding. Uh, but, yeah, to me, Godfather 2. So that, that's all I have in my recent um, per- Film perusals, uh, mine except as well. For, except for the movie challenges, we should get to that. So yeah, so let's take a quick break. We'll go into Act Three, where uh, Joey and I will compare our movie challenges with each other and and 
explain our hatred and disgust for what has taken place. You think you can do just as you please. I told you you'd make a mistake and I'd be waiting. Watch his feet, man. Okay with his feet. He can do anything he wants with his feet. If you think those Green Beret karate tricks are gonna help you against all these boys? Well, it doesn't look to me like I really have any choice, now does it? <laughs> no, that's right, you don't. Well, what I think I'm gonna do then, just for the hell of it, tell me. I'm gonna take this right foot, and I'm gonna walk to you on that side of your face. Something. There's not a damn thing you're going to be able to do about it. Really? Nothing. And we're back. And welcome back to the podcast of Movie Sucktastic. Wow, we got that in stereo. That's great. That's right. The, the uh... website to come. It's currently in production. But I think you'll all be pleased with it. Yeah, you you can uh, until then you can check out our blog at this movie sucks, which is bluthreviews.blogspot.com. Uh, right. All this information is at the beginning and the end of the podcast. Uh, so right now we're into the movie challenges. This is where Joey and I try to hurt each other. This, yeah, and we're pretty successful. This, this. this is pretty much the I bet you I can hit you harder than you can hit me challenge. Yeah, except when, it, when it comes to films. Now. I thought originally when we did this first challenge that you had one hands down. <laughs> yeah. Now it might be a tie. I don't know. Uh, you know what? Uh, I the movie that you challenged me with, I really hated. So really, I didn't think you'd hate it that much. No, I really did. All right. Well, I have a lot of problems with this movie. Let's let's start off with with uh, your challenge first. Your challenge, uh, my challenge to you. Let's start off with that first because I, I gave it. I gave yours first. Okay. My challenge to Joey was the 1983. 81. I have 83. No, it's 1981. Now, where'd you get your number from? Uh, IMDb. I got mine from IMDb. No. No, uh, I got mine off of the Netflix thing. Uh, that they're, might, they're wrong. That, no, that might be when it was released on DVD in America. It, uh, in 1983, DVD. Or video, you know what I mean. Video. You know what I mean. Don't You're, don't start with me. <laughs> when it was released in a media uh, capable of renting to normal people. So so this was, uh, my challenge to you was Oasis of the Zombies. Yep, 1981, written, directed by Written Jesus. and directed. Written and directed by Jesus Franco. Usually, or, usually Jess Franco. Or Jess Franco, which, yeah. which is what they uh, described him as. Who's the man the who gave us? What film did he see? He gave us Vampiros Lesbos. That's right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I had a lot of problems with this movie, actually. Well, all right. Now I mean, don't, it's a bad zombie movie. I mean, it's a really, really bad zombie movie. And this is a Nazi zombie film. Like it, it, is, it is a Nazi zombie movie. Uh, but, no, no, it's not Nazi zombies. Yes, it is. No, it's not Nazis. It's, they're guarding Nazi gold. They're Nazis. Were they Nazis? They were Nazis. Because, let me tell you something, the plot of this film jumped around a lot. And, because... Yeah, they were Nazis. I would have preferred to have seen it in original uh, French dialogue with subtitles than English dub. You're a braver man than me. Well, I'm telling you, only because I think... Well, back then, I mean, this is only... The translation, they usually change stuff around, it's yeah. not even It's not even that so much. It's more to the fact that you probably would have gotten a slightly better movie with real dialogue. Because what they liked to do back then 
was film it and add dialogue later. They basically a lot of times moved their mouths a little bit and they just added the dialogue in later. Uh-huh. It was always it's always cheaper to film silent and oh, yeah, add dialogue. Oh yeah, Hong Kong oh, cinema day. Yeah. And that's what this film was. Yeah. Because you could absolutely see that sometimes English words lined up with with, with them talking and you just that's how you know right there that okay, they filmed it silent. So and they added in dialogue. How how do you want to start talking about the uh, ways well, of the zombie? Uh, well, what's you know what's your what? first impression? My first impression was I was amazed that it was even letterbox. That it was actually a widescreen format. Uh it's only an hour and twenty two minutes. And a it long felt, it really felt hour like and twenty two minutes. It really felt like a long hour and twenty two minutes. I will say this. It had that um it actually had that cannibal holocaust feel to it. It just not that that's another good movie, but I'm just saying it just a lot of those movies were filmed that way. The way the, the yeah. camera that they used. Low budget foreign films. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> it it felt a lot like Cannibal Holocaust. For whatever reason. There's a cannibal holocaust feel. It's a... I'll, I'll tell you what I did like. The original movie poster. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I it just it's a sign of the times, you know. Yeah. It's like they, a lot of them look that way, but it's just a classic. It, you yeah, know, I'll give you know, that. a horror movie poster. Yeah. I would proudly hang that on my wall as long as nobody asked me if I liked it or not. Now, the, the, now, Waste of the Zombies has your classic opening. Two busty girls in short shorts stumbling uh, upon you know what? Part of my notes, part of my notes <laughs> yeah. is <laughs> uh cla- <laughs> never pass up a way to put a woman in scantily clad clothes and focus on their ass. <laughs> oh no, that one camera shot, literally, there's dialogue going, but it's just, I mean, absolutely. I thought their asses were talking for the first minute, because it's following <laughs> uh, their asses. Yeah, exactly. Are yeah. we lost? I don't how, think how so. How they, ne- they never pass up a chance to do that, yeah. ever, ever, in those types of movies. And it just, it's another, you know, old Old, and the it's problem not even is, that old. It's 1980. The problem is, it's people. a false beginning because I was excited. It's like, oh, good, I get to watch these half naked girls run around for the whole film. Right. They get killed in the first five minutes, and then we have to deal with these other idiots and for the whole movie. What the hell? How did they get out there? Well, the one, how did they get out there? And two, if you notice, every they focus on the Nazi symbol that's as clear as day. You know, they have it on uh, uh, <clears throat> part of the rubble that's yeah. semi-covered by brush right. and and uh, you know because you can't old... cover Nazi symbols. They, no, they, no, it's, ever. It's, it's the opposite of uh, Leaders of the Lost Ark. You try to put bushes over Here's Nazi something symbol, that happened. The bushes burn a lot through the movie when they actually finally showed zombies, which was nearly ha- halfway through the movie. Yeah, you don't see a zombie until almost halfway through the movie. Half-hour intervals between zombie attacks. A bold approach to zombie film. Well, you know what? It's like a Jaws effect where they're trying to hide the monster and it's just not working. It uh, worked in Jaws. In Jaws, it worked in Jaws because Jaws had a monster. <laughs> no, you're right. And the thing is, you know, Here, here's a here's a note for you, kiddies. All right. When producing a zombie film, be sure to pencil some money in for makeup into your budget proposal. Yeah. Not not <laughs> just well, you know what? Just rub the sand on their faces and put ping pong balls over to one guy's yeah, eyes. Yeah. Or every other zombie has a live worm, you know, moving around on it. You know, live worms cost money. Yeah. <laughs> That's where half the budget went right there. You're, you're probably right. I got my plot synopsis for Oasis. You want to hear it? Well, the one thing I was going to mention before I'm sorry. you did that. No, 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 no. Real quick, real quick. Yes. Because I didn't see it, and I didn't uh, I, I didn't see an explanation for it. But why did they focus on a spider and a spider web every time there was a zombie attack? The first time I saw that, I thought it was a, uh, a glowing eye. 
I did too for a split second. Yeah. I'll agree with that. But then I said, wait a minute, that's just a spider in a web. Could this be uh, Jesse Franco's attempt at metaphors along the lines of a pinball machine? Or the fact that a spider creeps on its prey no, th- when I, it gets caught in its web. I think it was. I mean, I think the whole idea is the oasis was the web. That's that's the whole point. He's trying to. I guess. Give, and give he, the guy some credit. Look what he's working with here. Just let him have a little bit of play. So you know what I'm doing here is artistically speaking. Yes, Jess. We yes. get. We got it. Yes, I know. That's All good. Right, yeah. Does the girl get naked again? <laughs> Are there titties? <laughs> yes. And so uh, more thoughts? Oh no, my my no, synopsis. Is, Let's uh, hear your synopsis. Four teenagers, four Nazi treasure hunters, and four filmmakers convene on an oasis guarded by Nazi zombie soldiers. Hilarity ensues. <laughs> that's really it. That's really it? That's, that's my synopsis. That's really it. That's all you need to know. Uh, you, you know what I thought was uh, the one character that, um, and I don't remember his name. The, uh, the Saudi prince. No. The, the, the guy that actually... That man rocks a mustache. <laughs> I tell you. He didn't start the movie with a mustache either. No, it's... It, well, that's how you well, age the flashback guy. stuff was so poorly if, done, if a, I didn't know it was a flashback. At, at one point, really? I, I really... I, I knew that part. Well, you know, and that, maybe I wasn't... I, I, the I don't want to say I wasn't paying attention, but I'm watching the movie, and the one character visits... Uh, they both have mustaches. and But the one, the only way I can describe him is if Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson had a child. This would be... <laughs> this would be the product. Oh, see, I thought and about, he I, goes to go get this map from uh, one per, this person that used to be his friend. Yeah. And it looked like he just stabbed him with a pen and just did the clicker on the pen. Yeah. Where he's like, click, 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 oh, click, click. Obviously a poison thing. What? It, wait, wait. It, was it made to look like a pen or was it a syringe? I, I mean, I, I think we're, they're going on the knowledge that all, all Nazis carry around poison-filled uh, pen pens. syringes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, a, a Nazi double-crossed this guy. Who the thunk it? <laughs> the, the look, the, the the fact that he had a look of surprise in his face when his Nazi compatriot double crossed him. Right. Like, All right, you just deserve to die now. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. When he goes to visit him, this uh, to get that map, the paintings that they focus on. Did you mm. notice this? Yeah. What, in my opinion, was creepier than the whole movie. Yeah. There's there there were some paintings that you really looked at where, was, where you thought. That thing's looking at me. Whoever, whoever's house they they shot in, they should have had that guy write the screenplay. Yeah. Probably. I really thought that those paintings were creepier no, than but the film itself. The Saudi prince that they eventually go to to find out where the oasis is. Yeah. I I, I think he was uncredited. I thought I wrote he was down. uncredited. I didn't write his name down. Uh, his name because he was there was he was good man. Talk about Antonio Mayans. Antonio Mayans. The Sheik. The Sheik. Uncredited because when they they age him or Mayans when they age him twenty years. All they do is give him a mustache, mustache. and put some gray in his hair. I'm now 20 years older. Well, they, that's why I was a little confused with the flashback, because when he went back to go visit his you know, so-called friend that he killed and then took the map from, yeah. when they did the flashback, he looked exactly the same. They yeah. didn't even bother to age him. So I, I was saying to myself, wait, and, he's and, still alive? And, and by look the same, you mean looked like he walked right out of a gay porn. <laughs> Because <laughs> porn mustache plus open shirt equals muy macho. Every, every male in this movie had an open shirt. Open too. shirt. And then the, the hero has this, the, the father that dies. He's like the, if you, in the flashbacks, he's a hero. And, and he's dies right. The, he's got the, 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 the most cultivated porn mustache you, you see in the film. Yeah. Uh, well, most of the guys had mustaches, too. Uh, in one way or another. In one way or another, yeah. Uh, except for, well, the, the, the guy's son. He didn't have one. 
Yeah. And well, none of the kids had mustaches. Right. The the, yeah. the the ones that go back to the island after they find his father's map and they yeah. said, "Well, it's oh, worth six so million dollars. Let's go back and get it." After the Nazi, what could go wrong? So after the Nazi hunter kills the kid's father, right, and it goes to the oasis, and that doesn't end well. Yeah. Because again, Nazi gold, nothing goes ends well. Right. Uh, I love the fact that he brought a spare girlfriend just in case of zombie attacks. <laughs> yeah. Just because you don't have to run faster than the zombies. You well, just have it, to you run know, faster and, than your girlfriend. And what kills me is Who that... Who killed her? Well, she ran right into them. They're slow-moving zombies. Panicking women always run into zombie crowds. Well, you know what? I mean... That's like, that's like when the canary like flies into again, the mirror. The new, newer films today, they make the zombies a little more cunning, a little more quick. Uh, back then, they were your classic slow... You know, bra- almost practically brain dead zombies, and she ran right into. Lucky them. for them, women tend to panic and run into zombie crowds. It happens. It really does. Well, you know what they say. You know, when a woman walks into a, a, a clothing department, they always go left. She ran right left into a zombie. What? You never heard of that? The statistics. You're just is, you're making. Shit I'm not up making now. that up. They say they say that who's they? Anyone who do, uh, does the uh, statistics. They say I read. I've read. The, 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 this is what our government spends money on, by the way. Don't blame the government for your madcap <laughs> schemes here. We're not going to go into this deep, but I uh, I read a statistic. Uh, this is only maybe a year ago. That women go into a clothing store or any kind of department. Store, any kind of department store. Over, I think the number was over ninety percent. It was closer to ninety five percent. Turn left. Turn left. I believe me when I read it, and I and they came up with these numbers and. To prove their point, I was flabbergasted. And you, you honestly believe anything you read, sir? No, you're not. I do not. <laughs> but you know, my wife dragged me to a department store, and what did she do? Went left. Well, maybe that's because that's where the clothing she wants is. I I don't know if the, the department stores uh, are designed to you know lure you to the left when you walk in, but they say that it's over ninety. I've got a headache. I apologize. My God. Oh, I apologize. Uh, anyway, anyway uh, yeah, women do run into zombie crowds. They run it right into all them. The time. They think they're running into uh, a department store. I, what you were saying before about the the dialogue, it's like, oh, it's I tell awful. you, nothing beats bad voice acting dubbed over bad acting in a different language. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're getting bad acting on different levels. Uh, like yeah. those two girls in the beginning, I can't even get past the beginning because... Their the, mouths are moving at different times. The actresses are acting poorly. You know, and that's poorly. the joke, well, but they're, no, you know they're acting poorly to the, begin with. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah, the actresses are acting poorly. The body language and their facial expressions, you know they're acting poorly. Right. The voice actors are voice acting poorly. Their inflections are wrong. The, the delivery is horrible. So, but, it's, but the bad acting doesn't match the other bad acting. So it's, it's right, very right. surreal some of the times. Absolutely. Now, the, 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 the Nazi soldier, his bad acting voice and body were perfect. <laughs> my favorite part was when he drives the, he drives the jeep away when he drives away but then he parks somewhere else later yeah. the way they cut it it looked like he drove five feet and stopped yeah. I'm thinking that was a brilliant escape but, <laughs> and he's screaming the living dead oh the living dead the living dead <laughs> that, that, by the way that's the character that looks like Charles Bronson and uh, Chuck Norris oh yes no yeah he really does if you yeah. look back at it it's like Charles Bronson Chuck Norris love child but he's one of those weird guys too like, he's, and his mustache was weird too because it was so high cut above his lip mm-hmm. it's like why even have a mustache like I could, the, the whole point of a mustache yeah, it's, it's a pencil thin mustache but on the wrong end yeah it was terrible, terrible. But he's one of those guys where he looks kind of like old and frumpy 
And then when they, they camp and he takes his shirt off, it's like, oh, he'd kick my ass. What? <laughs> then again, the girl would have kicked my ass. I mean, yeah, I'm not exactly. Just, and he had his shirt open the whole movie too. But I mean, but he he had something to show. I mean, it was, yeah. he was he was uh, built. Oh yeah. But it, it, <laughs> you you know what? Uh, here's, yes. Here's one thing that I I have in my notes here. Uh, the movie came out in 1981. Okay. It came out years before first-person shooters, the video games and whatnot, even yeah. the original uh, Wolfenstein. But they had that one shot where it was a first-person shot from the gun perspective, where you just saw the gun, and it was shooting at... Really? I didn't catch that part. I uh, Was that I, during the... the is it, that, was, it was during the flashback. That's during the flashback when all the soldiers threw threw the hand grenades like they were like teenage volleyball yes. volleyball players. Yep, yep, absolutely. Everyone started at their ankle, threw over. I, <laughs> every one of those grenades should like hit them in the forehead when they let go. Yeah, like, exactly. Ah! But they had a shot that was first person shooter. I missed that, and I just thought to myself, you know, that it, years before you know what first it is? person shooters I guarantee it popular. I guarantee it's one of those ingenuity things where they're on location everybody's pissed off to begin with like I got an idea put it put the camera right next to the in front of the gun strap the gun to the camera everybody's like just do it so we can stop filming you know, like, right exactly it, I, I guarantee Franco just like threw that in there because when they did it in Doom it so didn't work let's not start talking about well, Doom no, no 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 you're right oh you're absolutely God. right let's not go there now, but, now, um, now, speaking of women running into uh, zombie crowds, yeah. is it in poor taste to use a scene of a woman being eaten alive as an excuse for partial nudity? Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be turned on by that or not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm you, thinking you, I'm not supposed to. Yeah, right? you're, that's you're a bad. Right. That, that that's a that's a bad boner. It, you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, just checking. I, it, it, yeah, because that was a long scene too. They it, take her down, and then literally, it's like like a, a good three or four minutes of her half naked, then crawling over and occasionally pulling out an intestine somewhere. Yeah. And, she, and her just screaming. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, what else do I have here? My God. Go for it. This has got to be the first hor- zombie film I've ever seen or first horror film I've ever seen with a Wuthering Heights reference. Oh yeah. The Heathcliff. Heath- oh, Heathcliff. Blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> all right. All right. Heathcliff. <laughs> it's like, oh my god! Now, thank God he at least says, like, you're like Heathcliff in Wuthering Heights. At least he says that. Yeah. Because like Franco really knew his audience. He knew he was aiming for here. It was yeah. A, it, no, <laughs> the, the kids all love Wuthering Heights. Trust did, me. Did uh, Did you have a favorite zombie? No, Jane. No, Jane Eyre. The guy with the ping pong ball eyes. Yeah, with the mouth where he just yeah. looks surprised. <laughs> you, know why, you know why he looks surprised? Is because they they slapped all the stuff on his face and they're like, now move around. It's like I can't see. <laughs> That's my favorite zombie, the one that with the eyes, then looking surprised, like ooh, oh, <laughs> well, I have more people to kill. <laughs> Nothing worse than a startled zombie. Yeah, <laughs> and you could it's see like a zombie in the headlights. You could see that there were others. There was one other zombie that they said to do the same thing, and he didn't have. It was just he. He really just looked like uh, just you know a normal guy with a little bit of sand on his face, mm-hmm. and they said, uh, "Look surprised." And he just went, oh, you know, like that. And uh, it just didn't work as well as the first one. <laughs> and what was with the the zombie skull that they kept showing every once in a while? Well, that was supposed to show like a... a it, it was supposed to be, obviously, an entire zombie. Like, it was just a skeleton. Because some zombies um, decompose. De- de- decompose and deteriorate at a slower rate than other zombies, depending on how evil of a Nazi they were. Right. The, the skull well, guy... They never showed an entire full-figured 
you know, that zombie where it was just skull and bones. They never showed a full figure because obviously the budget isn't there for now, that. See, see what it is? But is, they decided to keep it in even though it looked terrible. See, now just look at it this way. when Back when they were actually Nazis, the, the Nazi zombie that looked startled, right. he's the one that would go and, and, and stick a bayonet in the heads of newborns. <laughs> where the skull one was the one to say, you know, I'm just going to go back to the bunker and read a book. You guys have fun. So he's a complicit, but he right. wasn't there, you know, sharpening the bayonet for it. So that's right, right. So he's a he's a bad Nazi, but he's decomposed quicker because he's really he's a different level of evil. Okay, you know. All right, I like that uh, analogy. I, I'll yeah. go with that. You like that? Yeah, I do. You, you shouldn't. I know. I, I probably shouldn't. And him being the the one that's skull and bones probably means that he's the biggest fucking badass. <laughs> No, because it's skull and bones. Because he's they kept kill. focusing on him, like, look at me. Dude, I'm fucking scarier than the rest of these zombies. When you blow, because I'm all bones, but I still have an eye that hasn't decomposed When you yet. blow half your special effects budget on one skull with an eyeball, you showcase it. <laughs> Jesus. And I'm sorry, there, there, there are too many fezzes, not enough zombies to begin with Yeah. in this film. Actually, I have in my notes here, at one point in the film, I, I wrote down $10 says the kid with a fez dies first. <laughs> then about 15 minutes later I wrote someone owes me $10 <laughs> so uh yeah definitely but, yeah oh Nazi zombies in the African desert in, in the African desert oasis yeah. don't like sunlight no no who, who knew who would have thought you know go figure come out at night you know it's nice and cool at night so that's probably when I would come out <laughs> well yeah I mean who wants to do battle in the sun when it's 120 degrees but there's zombies yeah uh, it's it's right. funny. I mean, they hide in the sand. It's funny because recently I had someone ask me, are zombies afraid of sunlight? And I said, some Nazi zombies are. No. <laughs> Believe it or not, zombie questions come up in my dialogue with me more often right. than, than most. All right, let's see. What well, else do I have well, you, here? You said you hated it so much. I really did hate it. Oh, the, the, what's that noise? Let me investigate. <laughs> the, guy's warning, the guy's warning his compatriots. Oh, there's danger here. You wander off in there and you'll see something. Bad will happen. And then five minutes later, here's the thing. Let's go look. And then the kid with the fez. You know, the noise of the zombie was like almost like right. the lost smoke monster's noise. Oh, yeah. That, uh, it, it wasn't even that. Yeah. It was like they were taking one of those musical instruments with the, the wood with the slices and just rattling yeah. it. Okay. Favorite line in the movie. I know you said you have two. I've got two quotes. I have one, but I'm... And we haven't told each other this yet, but I'm pretty sure... I have three. You have three lines? I, I didn't know. I've had three. I, you know what? I only like one line just because I thought it was... I thought it was great. Go for it. Uh, my favorite line in the movie is, Let's get some bottles and make Molotov cocktails. <laughs> like, like in school! school. <laughs> That's my second line. <laughs> It's 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 just so casual. Let's make Molotov cocktails like in school. Like man, those Ivy League colleges are fucking tough. Yeah, my God. And you know, I never knew Molotov cocktails exploded when you threw them, because they don't. <laughs> they don't explode. They do if you make them right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what what what? I mean, I probably will remember it when you say it. But what is uh, your other favorite line? Well, the other one was before that, uh, where the guy the, they're digging for the Nazi gold and they they find an old gas can. Right. And suddenly the one guy's like, "I know gas is expensive, but one jerry can cannot be construed as a treasure." <laughs> oh yeah, I remember. I remember that. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very erudite put down of a of a friend. But yeah. usually just like, "What are you a fucking moron?" <laughs> put down the pickaxe. It's a, it's a desert. And uh, your last one. The last line of the film. 
Everyone died so he can find did himself. They, did you find what you were looking for? I mainly found myself. And I'm thinking, oh, and an assload of Nazi zombies. <laughs> you know what? I did write that down, but not as a favorite quote, just that I was just so, just so horrified that everyone he knows, he killed or inadvertently killed so he could find himself. Like, you selfish fucking bastard. Well, this, this, this is like Romero. It's like a typical Romero, uh, we need to have some kind of metaphor for the film because the spider's not cutting it. So it's like it's like Romero throwing in the uh, you know we're they're us and we're them, or like trying to pretend that the zombie film actually has some kind of basis right. of philosophical structure. Exactly. So at the end, J- Jesse's like, yeah, no, because because this experience he, he finds himself, and that's the thing. no, he killed his friends. <laughs> they're all dead. Yeah. And well, that, the chick lives, and he doesn't even have Nazi gold to show for. It. No, they couldn't even find it. No one found it. I mean, they had a map. I don't think there was any gold there. No, you. Probably right. I mean, I think Ebbett Costello. No, no, not Ebbett Costello. Well, you know what? You know where the Nazi gold was? Where? Probably behind that goddamn spider web. <laughs> they kept focusing on it. Like if you only walked through here, you'd get the gold. So, in actu- but because you're all afraid of spiders and not zombies, so in actuality, you don't get the gold. In actuality, Oasis of the Zombies is a remake of Edgar Allan Poe's The Golden The Golden Bug. Oh, I never the gold bug. That. Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm probably too. wrong. No, I'm um, not. Any, any other thoughts on that? I don't think so. Other than I hated it. Let me run down my, let me run down my notes here. Let's uh, see. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Uh, oh, shooting day for night in the desert must be a bitch. Well, you know what else? Uh, you know what I have? <laughs> there are that, scenes there that, okay, these are daytime and they're trying to make it look like night or well, you it's nighttime. Can, you can, you can't seeing like, like footprints in the sand everywhere too. Oh. You know that they were around everywhere. Oh, and when they kill the, the blonde, when they drag her down, oh, yeah. apparently they had to shoot stuff later. So there's an insert of her laying on what is obviously a, a tan tarp. With some sand sprinkled on it, and oh. a couple of guys dressed as zombies like wrestling with her, and then it cuts back to her in the desert. It, <laughs> there's there's nothing in those two shots that matches, yeah. except the fact that the, the basic colors are tan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure it was no, the same actress. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. I remember that now. Uh, you know, if you want to talk about you know in the desert and doing things in the desert, that one scene where he comes, uh, where the flashback where he's wounded and the one girl takes care of him that he ends up falling in love with and they have that semi-sex scene out in the middle of the desert in the middle of the day and the only thing i'm thinking oh that that's gotta suck one to have sex in the middle of the desert but in probably 120 degree heat and i know i'm breaking that down that was that was a little bit that was the 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 least erotic sex scene and it was from a distance too i mean she just like she just opens a robe and from it says do what you will and he says okay yeah (laughs) You got it, yeah, dude. There was love on that, dude, I tell you. Ugh. I mean, oh, I the did, I, sex I did. on the beach thing can be, you know, you know, fun and, and whatnot, but in the middle of the desert, I don't think so. I did write it down because they should have changed the credits so it's, so the end would be, and Antonio Mayans as the, the Sheik. sheik. <laughs> Uncredited. Yes. Now, uh, and also, I, I got to say that at the end of the movie, yeah. it actually says the end. Yeah. The end st- <laughs> hits the screen like a slap in the face. Yeah, it's that huge. was just. It was just... That's right. You just watched this. <laughs> it was that quick. It was like the you dumb son of a bitch. That's right. You know, and it's, it's and it's by a French uh, director, and uh, it, you know, it's a French film. Essentially, you think that it would have a little bit more caress to it, but it's like the end. And then that was you're right. It was they should have hit the screen with that sound. Oh, <laughs> what was that? It was the end of the film? That hurt uh, more than right. the rest of it. Exactly. Man, and 
uh, the the also known as this is one of those films back in the eighties. Oh yeah, there's a bunch of those with video releases. It's it's done less today. Yep, Not, it's still done, but less today. Well, well you back know, in the eighties, uh, especially the eighties, because the whole video thing was booming. Yeah, they would it, take it when a company would get uh, domestic release rights for a film, right. they would change the name. If it's done today, it's to say hide the production, uh, so that things aren't leaked about it. Yeah. You know, well, it's also um, done in foreign countries too. We still give different titles, for different right? Exactly. Countries. But these titles are very drastic. You want to run down some of them? Uh, yeah. You have the original title is the original title is, uh, in America was Oasis of the Living Dead when it came out. Um, then you have in Italy, the original title was Oasis of the Zombies, but then that became the title of the DVD release when it was released. Again here, right? Uh, which wasn't that long ago. Um, in uh, the video title, uh, when it finally came to VHS, was "Blood Sucking Nazi Zombies." Now, how, how how do you not use that title? I don't know why I they they didn't bother to do that. I would have loved to have. Uh, well, you know what? If anyone can find a boxed copy that says "Blood Sucking Nazi Zombies," I would love to see a picture of that, or even, you know. Send it to me. I would love to have it. Even though I hated the movie, it's just a little piece of... That's, that's uh, a classic title little, right yeah, there. Exactly. Now... Uh, then you have some you have some foreign ones that you translated, so go take it away. I translated the one that the IMDb did not. It's the West German one, which is Der Abgrund der Lebenden Toten, ah. which I'm mispronouncing, I'm sure. Uh, Probably. I, I found a translator, and it, that is Abyss of the Living Dead People. <laughs> really? Yes. <laughs> Oh my! Because they're very specific. In, Do you in, have a translation for the French title? They had that up there, which is "Le Treasure Treasure of the Living Dead." That's Treasure of the Living Dead. It is Treasure. Of the now, Living what Dead. Okay. what bothers me is that in the ten five to ten different names that they had for this film, none of them is Zombie Oasis. You're right. That's what that would have been my number one choice, Zombie Oasis. It's it's short. Short as an Oasis point. of the Zombies. Yeah, it's short. It probably would have done. Uh, Probably would have done better if it was uh, that title. Yeah, I don't think so. No. Listen, it didn't do well to begin with. Anything of that nature would have done better. It would have had to. That's my prediction. Get you on the marketing team there. If I uh, could go back in time, I'd be right. If I could turn back time. Don't do that. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I know how everybody's feeling here. Feeling wild and, and, and on the edge, self-destructive. I feel like that every day. I've been running in my life. And now that you're all downhill on my level, I got a game I want to share with you. Take a bottle and you spin it like that old kissing game. Whoever points to holds it up by their face. And they shake it to see if it'll explode. So so now you, you challenged me. Now I challenged him to watch in 1980s. Zombie film. Yep. His challenge to me? Yeah, it was a And it's a movie that just got released this week. Go so ahead, just he, It's fresh in his brain. He just watched it. Go ahead, just uh, announce it. I'm, I don't know if you like it. And you know what? It got very well received, but for whatever reason, we just don't fucking get it. I love you, man. Why this movie was such a big hit. Why people... You know... Why it's received so well, why it was almost uh, 80, it's 82% on Rotten Tomatoes, 
the apparently all the critics liked it. It's uh, 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb. I just I don't get it. So I made him watch it for the challenge because I knew he would hate it as much as I did. Because I don't love you, man. <laughs> you do love me. Actually, my I think my my first note, yes, my first note here on the film is Joseph Ferdinand Guida, damn you to hell. <laughs> and my middle name isn't Ferdinand. I, I, it, that's just the joke. The more I'm annoyed at him, the more I will find different middle names. Middle names for Got you, it. yes. Uh, so, uh, so tell me what you really feel. Now, for the most part, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I still hated it. Well, you know, I let's let, let's put it this way. Now, when, uh, when I watched it, I didn't go into it saying to myself, "I'm really going to hate this." But I also didn't go into it saying I was really going to like it. I just thought it might have just been a kind of funny movie. And I came out of that not liking it a lot. I I didn't laugh. I chuckled. At all. No, I didn't laugh once. I smiled a couple. There were a couple. I, I will admit, all right. Now, there's a lot of base humor in this. It's getting right. There. Now, for some reason, I have a soft spot for masturbation humor. So oh, okay. So the whole I, I can't explain it. It's a sickness. I'm not well. But the whole scene where he talks about his masturbation station and how his oh, jerks yeah. off, I found that humorous, but I found it touching as well. It's actually the closest I came to actually being endeared, endeared to any of the characters in this film. Yeah, it was uh, basically where he said, "Look, look yeah. at me. I have a masturbation station." You yeah. know, where he was just admitting yeah. to that. That's at such a like you know uh, a level that one only admits to when they have a masturbation station. But for the most part, that is probably the closest I've ever come to finding uh, Jason Siegel anything remotely humorous. Oh. The man is not funny. No. The man, I don't know, I don't know who who decided that this guy I think he decided. Uh, because all of a sudden... Someone else decided he was in, paying him money. He was in Knocked Up, and I was like, who is that guy, and why does he have such a, not a big part, but a decently large part? And then all of a sudden... He's famous, and in two movies that are two hits. And they both suck. They did. Um, the other you, one being Forgetting Sour Marshall. Which you haven't seen yet. Which I have not seen yet. Right. Uh, I can, I can, I can, as I'm watching the film, I, see, I hear the pitch in my head, like them selling it to the studio executive. It's like 40-Year-Old Virgin, but with friends instead of sex. And that's all this film is. Yeah. Take 40-Year-Old Virgin, take out the whole sex aspect, and instead of not being able to get a date, it's he he has never connected with instead of not connecting with a woman he's never connected with a man right so it's just and, and and so all the buddy stuff with guys turn out to be awkward moments instead of being the actual buddy stuff with guys 40 year old version was 10 times better it had a great chemistry paul rudd is great i like paul rudd i wish he stopped doing crappy films yeah it's just his last two movies it's two or three yeah, horrible yeah. i mean and they, they made money but they're bad. Yeah, they've they've been hits, and that's why he hasn't fired his agent, and that's why he keeps making these because they keep making money. I mean, you know you're in trouble when you're ripping off your jokes from Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw Mandate in the trailer. It's like, oh, yeah. really? Yeah. We 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 can't get that far away. And then the whole film's vomit, farts, and high pitched voice short guys. I, I watched cartoons in the '80s that were like like more just more intelligent than this and no. again i'm it, humor doesn't have to be intelligent i like base humor too again there's some really crass stuff in 40 year old version i thought was funny but there's there's when you do it and it's actually funny then there's do it where you're just saying well we should do something here that's that's uh crass right and uh crass is my new word and they even have a vomit scene 
and 40-year-old virgin yes, and a vomit scene with in this. John Favreau, the director of Iron Man, who and was I, obviously owed someone a favor. And a, but but John, I'll tell you what. John Favreau's good in anything he does. He I was great as an asshole he, in this. He's, a, he's an excellent asshole. He was great in this he, film. He's too good of an asshole. I would have loved to have seen it a makes, spin-off of this movie with his character, and I think that probably would have been hilarious. And this is one where he just, like, beats his wife every night or something. And then, like, yeah, where every time, well, every time that he has to do something, he's like, okay, you're going to dress up as a teacher for me tonight, or you're going to dress up as a school girl or you're gonna wear this and she's like all right fine i think, I think I, that was no, more I, funny than anything else in the movie I think sex with sex with sex with the lights on was a good line oh yeah but, but i heard that in the trailer already so that <clears throat> they put a few good funny jokes in the trailer right. and they a lot of them involved john favreau yeah who had but, literally maybe a 15 minute but part he, he plays such a good asshole it makes me think that when he plays nice guys in films he's actually acting then and that this is actually the true Jean Favreau. <laughs> that he might actually. I'd love to see him on the Iron Man. Set. Yeah. It, now that he's got a bona fide three hundred million guaranteed hit every time he makes an Iron Man film, he's I'm, probably just. I'm wondering if people that work with him closer are watching watching uh, I Love You Man and thinking finally the, the truth is revealed. This guy's a prick. Yeah. <laughs> get him. You know. Get a. He's one of the toughest directors ever. But yeah. There's there's nothing funny about John Siegel whatsoever. No. Uh, you, it's. And God, do I hate scenic flavor montage transitions. Yeah. Because, oh, let's show shots of California. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, here's a spot. Here's a building on the shape like binoculars and one of these signs and a local. But I, I'm, I'm so sick of these, especially, and they're usually either New York, California, or yeah. whenever they do a beach movie. I don't know what it is. Yeah. We've got to have this, this montage of flavor. You know what they did a lot in the, like the late 80s cop films, like uh, Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, they always did those uh, the painted pan and scan scenes. Yeah, where but it's always real life you're scenes. You're right, they show like, a lot of locales. Yeah, but it's all real life stuff. It's not nothing staged. And I, I hate them. It's, and it's so, it's so like obvious in this film. Yeah. And there's like, in, uh, once I noticed the first one, I was like, nah, they're going to be coming every 15 minutes. And they did. I'd like to see Lou Ferrigno acting again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> beating up a celebrity was funny when Adam Sandler did it in Happy Gilmore. Oh, yeah. And, Price and, is wrong, Bob. And I don't think I've ever seen Lou Ferrigno act, so I don't know what you're talking about. No, I was joking, actually. Oh, oh you were? <laughs> yeah, I was. I'm sorry. I, you got me <laughs> you so didn't, irritated. You didn't, didn't get that? Well, I'm so angry at this Well, you know movie. what? Don't, uh, don't offer a movie challenge if uh, you're not up to it. Well, you know, I'll take it. Because the next one, I'm up the to next it. one's a doozy. I'll take it. I Because you have my next one, don't this, you? What? No, 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 I don't. No, you yeah, don't no, have. I, I do. You I do. do. All I do. right, because we but, will announce that it, during this podcast. Yeah, at the, yeah, at the end of this segment. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm perturbed. You know, I'm disturbed by the film, perturbed even, but I can handle it. Right. I, I've, I've seen worse. Uh, this film does not, however, deserve to have a Vespa in it. <laughs> John, Se- when I saw Jason, that, I thought of you, Jason Siegel. I own a Vespa, and watching that, that untalented bastard. Riding a Vespa, spoiling the good name of one of the best scooters ever made. This made me want to find him and kick him over. <laughs> I almost cried. Uh, that was horrible. <laughs> when, I, when, he, when they showed us once, I was like, oh, well, at least that's the end of it. No, no, it's a major character now. It, it, it. Uh, but, uh, but I did enjoy the masturbation station. That was funny. Oh, good. I'm glad now, you did. Now, here's a question. Right, you're you're a Rush fan, right? I love Rush. Yeah. What's with all the goddamn Rush music in this movie? You know what? Is, I don't is know. The, is, the, is the ABBA catalog too expensive these days? As much as I love Rush, when I saw that in the movie, and I was saying to myself, I saw a 2112 poster on the back wall, and I was thinking to myself, that's the best Rush album well, here, ever made. Here's the and they touch on that in the film, and I thought, okay, that's kind of cool. But then they took it to another level where they just kept talking about here, it. This is this That is, was the main problem I had with this film, is that scenes 
went on forever. Cause Did you notice that? I mean, they would delve on something no, where no, they no. would, like, in the tuxedo shop where they're trying on tuxes, and the scene is not funny, but I know where they're going with it. Not scenes. But then it's two or three minutes long, and it should have been 30 seconds. It's the running joke. It's the running joke that doesn't end. It, it, there's, there's, so, there's so little humor in this movie. Right. That, and you know what? We usually don't like to make fun of bad, uh, call comedies bad movies, because right. comedy is subjective. Humor is subjective. There's a lot of people that, right. you know, so, uh, uh, women don't like Three Stooges. Uh, you're either a you're either a, a Laurel and Hardy fan or a or a or uh, Abbott Abbott Costello. Costello fan. Yeah, I mean, humor is so subjective on different levels, so we usually don't single out comedies as being bad. But th- th- you can really tell when a comedy is bad because they take a joke and they keep running with it and they they, they can't let it go. The the rush thing. Yeah, he has two. He has uh, twenty one twelve. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, on that the back was the wall. album. Yeah, and and you see they go always oh, a and they make a mention of the Rush fan. And then it's got to be an ongoing thing. Oh, we're going to Rush concerts. Oh, we love Rush. Oh, Rush is great. We got to kill the fucking joke. Um, everything. The, him, him, mis- him not being able to come up with a good, like him saying weird things when he hangs up the phone. Yeah. Like same thing. Oh yeah. It was funny the first time or two he did it. It was kind of humorous. But, I didn't think so personally. Well, but I didn't I know. Laugh. I, I know where you're going. I didn't laugh, but yeah. it was it was it was interesting. And but then he keeps doing it. It's an ongoing thing. We do it again. We do it again. We do it again. Yeah. Lou Ferrigno. Ooh, Fringo's funny. Let's keep doing it again and again. Yep. I got, you know, I got to, the, the only scene that was done right, right, this very small scene where the humor was kept in the tight little box and it was quick and funny to an extent was when they go out on their first mandate or whatever you want to call it, when they're eating the, the tacos and drinking. Oh, yeah. And they do quick clips of them talking drunk and yeah, about yeah, different yeah, yeah, topics. Yeah. And yeah. that scene was good because they did what you should have do. Tell the joke, move on. Tell the joke, move on. Tell yeah. the joke, move on. Don't keep coming back to the goddamn thing. All this film does is come back to the goddamn thing. You know, uh, the one character mentions that he that the advertising himself, he puts his face on urinal cakes. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that comes up three more times in the film because you never get tired of hearing about it. Yeah. Oh, you know, that guy, you shouldn't let him help you sell that house. He puts his face on urinal cakes. Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. It's just, uh, on. you're right. It's just the ongoing joke. Uh, I laughed more at the Nazi zombie film. You know what? I did too. I did too. We we definitely found that more humorous. The the problems with this film are so broad. That I don't have a lot of notes because it's really just it's just yeah, a lot of problems. Beat the joke to death. Oh, the sentimental ending. Let's uh, like like when he when he plays Rush for his his fiance for the first right. time. Like this scene should really not be five minutes long. Right. I, I oh it hurts. You know what? And I thought the puggle was cute. Because yeah. I, I, I happen to own one. Yeah, that's I, I and, thought of you. Yeah. Well, did the dog not look exactly like mine? It was almost creepy. You know what? The the dog is a perfect example of what was wrong with this film. The the whole thing with the, him not picking up after his dog taking a taking yeah, a dump. Exactly. And then the guy steps on it. <laughs> this happens five more times in the film. Yeah. It just keeps happening over People and over. People stepping and over and over. on this guy's I mean Yeah. The in the initial idea of I don't clean up after my dog and someone steps in it. Is not funny. It's it's funny in some. If done, it could be funny. It could be, but, but it's, it's not, not here. No, absolutely not. Not my head hurts. I hate you, man. I'm sorry, man. Oh, I love you, man. I didn't hate this half as much as I did for getting Sarah Marshall, though. Oh, really? I thought you thought Sarah Marshall was uh, funnier in parts than this. No, or I, I thought I would have thought. I I laughed more. After getting Sarah Marshall because of the British, uh, I forget his name. He 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 has the spots in it, and he's like an oasis of of um, right. competent humor in a sea of uh, just unfunny bastards. 
but it, the, but the film's worse in the parts where it's bad. This film's for the most part. This Russell, film's not Russell Brand. Russell Brand, that's yeah. right. Thank you. Yeah, which I, I don't care for him either. But he was in, in that film. He stands out as being funny. Right. The, the, see, with I Love You, Man, the film for the most part is really just dull. It really is. I didn't laugh, but it didn't anger me. It angered me that I had to watch it. I'm mad at you more than mad at the film. Oh. That way. But don't know for me. Forgetting Sir Marshall actually angered me at parts because it was so bad. And I still haven't seen it, so I have nothing to compare right. to yet. But, but I trust you. Yeah, no, I know you trust me. So that that's our challenge for the week. As far as who got stuck with the raw deal, I think it's a draw. I think it is a draw, although I Love You Man was about 30 minutes longer. So he had to deal with it but, infinitely, or uh, much longer than I had to deal but with Oasis of the Zombies. It didn't feel like it didn't feel that long. Uh, no, it, it really Oasis didn't. of the Zombies felt longer well, than it was. Yeah, and it had more borings. I mean, I mean, there was, was a lot of lulls in that movie. There were a lot of lulls in it, and there's a lot of there's a lot of humor lulls in "I Love You, Man," but they don't necessarily count as a lull. So I, I think it's a tie. I'll give you that. I, I, at okay. first, I thought you had won hands down, but it wasn't as well, bad. It wasn't as right. bad as I expected, but it was as bad as it. It wasn't as good as it could. No, have been. I, I think you're right. I hated. I did hate Oasis of the Zombies. A lot more than I hated. I love you, man. So I think you did win this one. So, so I have to ask you, Joey. Did you find what you were looking for? No. <laughs> I did not find myself in that movie at all. <laughs> so that that's the challenge for this podcast. What what? Who, who wants to go first? We got our big podcast challenge for next one. Well, uh, I think last time. Uh, I think you went first last time. Yeah. So I think I'll go first. All right. Now, time. the rules of this is that the, that the challenges have to be different each time. Yep. Like, if I gave him an 80s zombie film, I really can't give him another 80s horror film. I have to give him something different. Right. Uh, so the, our, our the next... time period should be different, and the genre should change a bit. It, they can't all be bad horror films. They can't be all bad sci-fi films. You know, we, right. we want to mix it up a bit, make each other watch bad things of different flavors. Right. So, and uh, uh, mine is uh, definitely opposite. Completely polar opposite from what you gave me. Okay. Um, it's, uh, and I just saw this recently, and it was terrible. The Lost Boys, The Tribe. Oh, no. <laughs> and that was a theatrical release. Too. It was a theatrical that, that's, release. That's that, a... that is part of the bad movie day, bad movie night rule. If we show a movie, it has to have a theatrical release. And, and within reason, it makes sense, because honestly, if, if you grew up renting movies, at any point in your life where you just go to the video store, direct the video, direct the DVD films are usually are usually yeah. inherently bad. You can't you you can just pick one at random and odds are it'll suck. Yeah, so, every once in a while you get a gem, and it's uh, partly because a lot of times the, the what, production company or the the studios just didn't get it. But when you're when you're making a film in 30 days with a budget of a hundred thousand dollars, the chances are you're going to screw it up. Yeah. So it's really but when you it really has a bigger impact when the film you're watching is bad and it costs fifty million dollars, or what have you. So, exactly. But Lost Boys too did, did release in the theaters. You're correct. It was a theatrical release. Yes. And it was really bad. Right. So, so you're seeing my zombies and raising me vampires. I am. And yes. you could have, you can watch it on uh, uh, Netflix Instant Q. You don't even have to rent it. Ah. You can watch that online. I think so. I watch it on my Xbox. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I do the same. I did the same thing. So, all right. Well, so <laughs> since you're punting a horror back to me, I'm gonna have to punt bad comedy back to you. Okay. Is this you, you, you have like a slew of movies to choose from, and you just chose one now? No, or I this chose the, one that I know you haven't seen. So this is your not. This isn't chosen based on what I just gave you then. 
Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, so you had a couple in your in mind? No, no, it was chosen on the bad movie you made me your last challenge. You oh, gave fine, me. fine. I thought you just you had like maybe two or three in your head. No, because I, I knew you, I knew you hadn't seen this one, so this was the top of my list. Go for it. Take a guess. Take a so it's opposite of zombies. Um, I think it's fairly new. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> How could you not see that coming? Yeah, you're you're probably right with that. Yeah. Uh, God, how did I not see that coming? If I, right. If I, if I had to see Jason Siegel's dick three times, four times in that film, you've got to see it too. Okay. All right. That's right. I'm game. I'm definitely game. Oh. Not gay. Game. How much movie did <laughs> I Love You Man make? Uh, it did ninety million. Ninety million dollars with the foreign. It made seventy-one million. Uh, domestically, oh. it only did 18 million on the foreign box office. Surprisingly, you'd think a film like that, that was received so well, might have done a little bit better. I, I, I want to know how a, a comedy comes out in America at this t- place and time, and it has a real estate agent as a sympathetic character, exactly. and, and people aren't just like storming out of the theaters and go. It's like it's like that one, or, or even the what's fact the horror that film? What's the horror film this came out? Drag me to hell. Drag me to hell. The sympathetic character, like the victim. Is, 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 is a it, little old lady. No, try, no, no, no. That's that's the antagonist, or the protagonist, the, the 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 victim, the girl in the film. She's the bank teller who, oh, oh, who, who oh. tells her she can't have. Well, the bank I was just alone. saying she started off with a little old lady coming in because uh, either her mortgage or she wanted to get a loan so that she could stay afloat. Well, little old lady, a little old gypsy lady comes in to try to get an extension on her mortgage. This this young te- uh, young woman bank clerk decides to, to secure her promotion by refusing her extension. So the old woman flips and puts a gypsy curse on her. Yeah. I'm rooting for the curse. <laughs> Why would I care if this if this bank teller who's screwing people? People are foreclosures are going through the roof. Oh yeah, they're still high. And then uh, then you got the real estate real estate agents running. Out. Yeah, and apparently this was, now. this was done in a parallel universe because it was a, based in California where the real estate market is atrocious. Yet he's. Barely having a hard time selling Lou Ferrigno's multi-million dollar house. Yeah, and, and I'm also so I'm so tired of comedies where it's rich people with problems. Another reason why I wouldn't see funny people. I'm so tired of these comedies where, well, I'm a successful businessman and she's a, so we really our comedy is just based on the fact that we could do whatever we want at any point. Yeah, there are no restrictions to our our wackiness and and the, what we're going to go through. Like stuff like the Money Pit was. Remember the Money Pit. Oh yeah, at least that had, was on two days ago. Was I, it? I love that movie. At least they had, I mean, remake of a, I forget the French film, but it is a remake. Um, but the whole idea. That, oh no, no, wait, no, not a French. It is a remake of a French film, but it's I also. I don't remember if it's a remake. But or it's not. also kind of. A, I'm pretty sure it's a remake of a French film, but it's also a remake of um, the Cary Grant film, uh, Mister Whatever Build His Dream House. Oh, uh, is it a remake of that? Well, even or if it, it's even if it isn't, it, it, it is. Yeah. Okay. Even if it's not called that, it is. Okay. Especially if you watch, you know, it's just a different but, version uh, of that. But I think it's actually a remake of a French film, which might be a remake of the Cary Grant film. Okay. Uh, Mr. Okay. Hobbs builds his dream house. Oh yeah. Mr. Mr. Hobbs. Mr. Hobbs. Um, I think that's what you are thinking of. Yeah. And have you ever seen that film? It's not. There's a point where that film stops being funny. I've as never, a homeowner, I've, I've never seen it. As, watch it. It's a great Cary Grant film. But as a homeowner, you reach a point where you stop laughing. Where you're like this, this man's losing every dime he ever made, and it, it ceases to become a comedy of errors, and just becomes sad. <laughs> and really, I, I, at the last half hour of the film, I'm like dabbing tears from my eyes. It's like now they have to dig another well. Like, <laughs> no, I, 
I mean, I, I didn't build my own house. I, just, I bought one, and I'm, I'm like, crying wow. blood. Yeah, I was very fortunate to not really have to do anything but paint in my house. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, exactly, you're right. Yeah, but that, that's, I'm tired of these comedies where the, the, the situation is that everybody's well-to-do, well and they got great jobs, and so we can have scenes where they're golfing and having fun. It just, just distracts from... Like look at forty year old virgin. They're all they're all clerks at a video store or yeah. at a, at a, none of them are making big money. It's all yeah, the, they're the, making fourteen dollars an hour. The working off commission. The situ situation is. Uh, you think they're hiring? <laughs> the situation <laughs> is dependent. The humor is dependent upon the characters, the situation at hand, and their interactions. We're not suddenly all going to go on a rafting trip right. just so we can have fun and, and make jokes about it. Right. It, it, it. You know that, that's that's my problem with some of the comedy today. It hurts. It does hurt. Well, that's uh, that's the end of our uh, movie challenge, I suppose. Yeah. We're gonna we're yeah. gonna come back in a moment for a brief parting shot. I I read something online this week. I got to talk about real quick. It's uh, so we're gonna cover that and then call it an episode. Uh, it's going a bit longer than we expected, but most movie uh, podcasts I've come across are average of two to three hours. Uh, this might stretch a bit long, but um, hopefully you, people, you can tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, and we'll try to cut it down a bit. So uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back for a parting shot. I promise it won't be more than 10 or 15 minutes. You have meddled with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Bale, and I won't have it. Is that clear? You think you merely stopped a business deal. That is not the case. The Arabs have taken billions of dollars out of this country, and now they must put it back. It is ebb and flow, tidal gravity. It is ecological balance. You are an old man who thinks in terms of nations and peoples. There are no nations. There are no peoples. There are no Russians. There are no Arabs. There are no third worlds. There is no West. There is only one holistic system of systems, one vast and amazing, interwoven, interacting, multivariate, multinational dominion of dollars. Petrodollars, electrodollars, multidollars, Reichmarks, rings, rubles, pounds, and shekels. It is the international system of currency which determines the totality of life on this planet. That is the natural order of things today. That is the atomic and subatomic and galactic structure of things today. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will atone. We are back. Yes, we're back. This is the last. Uh, this is a special bonus round of movie sucktastic. This is a. Uh, this is where I'm gonna rant a little bit. I'm just uh, gonna sit back and enjoy. No, no, you're gonna be involved. Well, all right. I'm mostly, mostly I'm gonna sit back and enjoy. I'll interject yeah. when it's appropriate. But, for for uh, those for those who don't know me, I, I I do tend to rant occasionally. I'm yeah. I'm a very opinionated person. I'm very passionate in my views. It is a and sight to behold. I I've been known to to spend hours ranting about topics that no one cares about in the first place. So I, I'm gonna keep this down a bit. I'm not going too crazy here. I was perusing Facebook during the week because okay. I, 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 being unemployed, I had plenty of time to spend two hours. I apologize for that earlier. 
I really I, do. No, no. It, I didn't make that comment to. Uh, no, know. no, 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 not at all. But I just. All I'm saying is, in between job searches online, I do have time to spend two hours debating healthcare with some idiot on Facebook. You know who you are. Um. So, and by the way, there will be a movie Sucktastic fan page on Facebook soon. Uh, I'll there'll be a link to that on our site when it starts up, so you can join the fan page and follow our fun and antics on Facebook. We'll be on Facebook. We might be on MySpace. I'm kind of losing my taste for Facebook. A little bit. Uh, uh, we'll definitely be on Twitter. Yeah. I Twitter now. Uh, ha. So uh, I haven't done Facebook or the Twitter thing, but uh, you don't have to. You 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 we like you just the way you are, Joey. Thank you. Thank you. Anyway, so I was on Facebook and I got a link to an interview posted on HorrorNews.net, which is a decent website. You know, they deal with uh, horror news, as it were. And it was an interview with the editor-in-chief of Room Morgue. Room Morgue is a horror, not really a horror film, but a horror-based, they do mainly horror films, but there's a horror-based magazine uh, out of Canada. Okay. The editor-in-chief, I'm going to pronounce this, and it's not on purpose, so I'm not mocking her name. Her name is Jovanka Vukovic. That might be correct. That sounds right. I'm not sure what nationality. Just going she by is. how you spelled it, it looks right. Yeah, no, that's that is correct spelling. It, it looks like that. So I'm not sure. Out. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but that's the way I'm going to pronounce it because it sounds correct. Jovana, Jovanka, Vukovic. I'll be careful not to jumble letters on that. So anyway, uh, so it's an interview with the editor in chief, uh, Jovanka Vukovic, and she's a, a multi-tattooed, red-haired. Uh, horror chick. Uh, she seems like a cool person. I have nothing against her personally. This is not a, not a personal attack. Uh, but there is a part of her interview that kind of bothered me a little bit. There's um, at near the end of the interview, they start talking and ask, you know, what's your favorite horror film? What's this? What's that? And she comes out. Uh, the question is, what do you think of the industry as it is now? And where do you think it's going? Her response, like, part of her response, I have a highlighted here. Right now, we're in a terribly low period of recycling. I have no arguments there. It's actually the worst it's ever been. I beg to differ on that, but it seems like that because they are doing a lot. Yeah. But yeah, like yeah. 2010 is year of the remake. Yeah. So I, I mean, we'll get into that another time. I'm not arguing with that. It's astonishing how many movies are being remade in 2010. Right. But the genre is cyclical, and it'll swing back as soon as Hollywood has beaten it to death and gotten bored of it. Now, okay, yeah, I'm not praising Hollywood or knocking or, or, or defending it. Right. But at a previous question. What are some of the horror films that you just absolutely thought were horrible? The Friday the 13th remake, most of the Japanese horror remakes, and most of the American remakes and sequels for that matter. What? And, and, and pretty much anything aimed at teenagers. I don't identify with teenagers, and I usually can't stand the absurd scenarios we're expected to appreciate. Now, I, Joey, you know me. I am not a flag-waving patriot. Nope. Nor am I the kind of American who bashes Canada. However, I do not appreciate when countries are singled out for things unfairly. When I see this on, on more than one occasion in the interview, right. the, Javanka is, uh, is insinuating that America is to blame for the rash of remakes. No. I, and, it, and in some ways, in some ways, blaming America and Hollywood for bad movies. Okay, I can definitely see that. You can see one. Absolutely. All right, you can see my problem with that. I, I'm sure. Now, now this wouldn't bother me so much. All right, now there are movie snobs, you know, people who who only watch foreign films and uh, knock anything that's popular 
there are people like that. We are not. We try. We strive not to be that way. We. I, no, right. I, I actually defend Michael Bay on uh, many occasions because I actually enjoy a lot of his films. Not Transformers 2. I'm not a whore. But I, well, I haven't seen it yet. But I did personally. like Bad Boys 2. I thought it was fun. And and say what you want about the man. He knows how to do a big action sequence and make it interesting and fun. Right. He knows how to spend his money wisely in a film. Give him that. I'm not going to sit here and defend Pearl Harbor. Again, I'm not. Yeah, or the island for that matter. Or the island. you know. But my point is, you give credit where credit's due. You don't just blame an entire country for bad films. Now, that wouldn't have bothered me if earlier in the interview I hadn't read this. What were some of your favorite films when you were growing up? I'm not going to read her whole response. I'm just going to read her first sentence of it. It's impossible to pick just a few, so I'll give you one. The Thing is a perfect horror film. If you're going to badmouth remakes and American cinema, it might be a good idea not to not, not, to, not, pick the... not to pick an American remake of a horror film as one of your favorite horror films and as a perfect horror film. <laughs> now, I might just be nitpicking here. No, no, I don't think so. Well, I mean, it's this kind she of contradicted herself later in the interview. It's this kind of snobbery that bothers me. Now, don't get us wrong. The thing is a phenomenal and just about perfect horror movie. And if you want, you can even nitpick and say, well, technically, it's a, it's it's an adaptation. It's a it's a closer adaptation of the story. Who goes there? That the original film was based on. Right. But then, but. Technically, it's a remake of the thing from another planet, and solely because it has the same name, just same it. same name, same concept, same location. Right. The the monster's not a vegetable, other than that, you know, other than that, right. it's almost the same movie. Right. That and the ending's not as upbeat. You know, <laughs> no one shouting, "Keep watching the skies" in the uh, Carpenter remake. I right. tell you that much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that bothered me, and I really had to have a <laughs> rebuttal here. Now she goes off in her uh, in other parts of her uh, interview. And singles out a lot of the good Canadian horror films that are out there, and and she, what, what are some of your favorite films now? And she lists a, a for, and she even says uh, mostly foreign films lately. Which you're in Canada, Americans are American films are foreign films. That, that yeah. So ha technically, but um, and she lists a bunch of stuff. Some of the, at one point she uh, I don't have it here because I didn't want to quote everything. But at one point she says that uh, horror films haven't really been. Uh, changed the way they've been made since Blair Witch. What? Which I like. Now, Blair Witch I, did not change the way horror films were made. No. It changed the way horror films are marketed. Now, she... It's true. She, yeah, that was made for almost no money. I think it was... What the what was the... Not the tagline, but what was one of the main lines of the Blair Witch Project? That it cost less than a Cadillac? Something like that, yeah. Now, so, her her contention is that that Blair Witch is one of the, was one of the major changing forces in horror films in the period, yet she doesn't like films that involve teenagers. Yeah, another now, I, 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 I'm not attacking Javanka, uh, per se, but I really do feel that... If she, you might have, she should have taken a little bit more time to think her answer. If you're going to attack America, at least, and there's so much to attack America for, people. I am not... I am, I am not a chest-thumping patriot here. I'm not going to defend half of the dumbass things our country does. And none of the things they do are with my consent. No one asks me. I don't get a memo. I don't sign off on anything. It's not my fault. I'm not, I'm not taking this personally. But I would, do, I would say the same thing if someone came out and said, well, Canadian films are crap. 
or or you oh, know sure. I defend I defend Canadian healthcare up and down during this whole healthcare debate we're having in America or you know that thing that you that all the other countries were laughing at that's the kind of thing where, where I step up and say well you know stop lying about Canadian healthcare so I'm not either way here but don't don't just say that Hollywood and America are remaking all these horrible films now I thought to myself if she's saying that America is really not contributing to the horror industry right. what's Canada doing for the horror industry so. I uh, actually looked this up. Well, what I did is I printed out the Canadian box office from last week, sir. I figured I figured if if we're doing all the bad films, then Canada's got to be the driving force here, showing us what the good films are. Okay. And I checked the top ten list here of box office hits for the weekend weekend of August seventh in Canada, and um, yeah, they're all American. Uh, I got yeah. G.I. Joe, Julie and Julia, The Ugly Truth, Harry Potter, Funny People, G Force, A Perfect Getaway, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs is still in the top ten. Uh, we we forced that out a while ago. Uh, yeah, that is no but longer then get, in the top. 10. But it, it might have opened. No, it's been there for five weeks. Canada's actually got worse taste of us in that regard. <laughs> Hangover still in the top ten. Transformers is still up there. Man, they're actually man. Wow, Transformers uh, still in the now, top ten. Huh? Now to be fair, if you go back a weekend. Number 11 this past weekend was actually number 7. It's called De Père in Flick. The English title is Father and Guns. It was number 7 last week. Now, however, the only reason it's not an American uh, top 10 list is probably because it's a French film. Yeah, it wasn't released here. Yes. and it's, I don't even think it was released uh, it's not, in, in indie theaters. And it's, it's, and it's not in the English language. <clears throat> so that's usually... Right, which there, is only reserved for a you know art house theater indie and, theater. Yeah, well, because Americans are stupid. Yeah, I'll say that much. See, I'm going for that there. So, so Canada is actually encouraging. Well, is, well, Canada, Canada is actually encouraging Hollywood to make these bad films. If indeed Hollywood is the one to blame for all bad films. Now, so I'm going to go back. I further. mean, you know, and Canada is North America. So whenever you do these theater counts and these to box office totals, like GI Joe's 54 million. That was in, Canada was included in that total. It's not that that was just 54 million Americans. Right. And we're the entire blame why that movie did well. No, Canada, you are partly to blame too. And I will even argue that with the way the American dollar is plummeting these days, that the the, the Canadian, Canadian box office dollar, more. the Canadian <laughs> box office dollar is a, is a bigger detriment to taste good taste and good films than the American box office dollar going to the same crappy films. Yeah. Every every dollar, every Canadian dollar spent on Transformers two. Is twice as painful as an American dollar. Why? Because <laughs> now they're worth more. Uh, so again, I'm not backing us. So um, with this thought, I, I, I did some web searching and said, well, all right, America's really not. You know, we're hurt ever since Blair Witch. We really contributed nothing to the horror industry. What's Canada contributed to the horror industry? Uh, so I not off the top of my head. I don't know. I, I, I did some research okay. and, and I found, and I didn't cherry pick this. I got the best list I could find. A list that has all the right. greatest amount. Now, considering that that uh, Jabanka does not like film, a horror film to teenagers or remakes, um, the, the the fact that Canada's um, most recognizable horror films start off in 1980 with Prom Night, Terror Train, Happy Birthday to Me and My Bloody Valentine, which are uh, all remakes. And, well, well, no, not all Prom remakes. Night is a remake. Uh, no, no, this is, the, this is the original 1980. Oh, oh. These are the originals. I, I'm going back to the originals. I, I apologize. No, no, no. But they're all teenagers. The, yeah. Yes. That's... Um, we got the zombie nightmare. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> that's not a good one. Uh, the Gate. 
I know it's got a cult following. Oh, wow. But I hate that film. Canadian, huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, it's not a good film. Oh. Uh, Rock and Roll Nightmare. Oh, there you go. Uh, Scanners 2. Uh, well, no, I'm going to skip that for a reason. Cube. I actually like Cube. I did, I did like I did, I did yes. enjoy Cube very much. Ginger Snaps. Now, now I didn't like that movie. Now, Ginger Snaps. He, he recommended it to me, and that was a movie challenge, like three years in the making. Now, Ginger Snaps is teenagers. It is. But on the other hand, it also compares female menstruation with shape shifting and eating, consuming human flesh. So it's kind of a draw there. I can go either way on that. Okay. Uh, it also did spawn two horrible sequels. Um, that, watch was, at, that was Canada. Spawn two. Well, Ginger Snaps. Spa- I don't know if they were Canadian made. Oh, oh, it spawned. It spawned two. No, oh, okay. not the movie Spawn two. No, stay with me. I, I apologize again. Now, I'm very, very now here's another one. I did, actually, maybe if I had looked at this. Here's one I did like too. The Highwaymen. That was a Canadian production. Yeah, with uh, nice sleeper hit. Didn't do well, but it was a very good film. With um, who was in that? Uh, I forget. I always say John Cassavetes, and it's not. Now it's, I, it's uh, the guy that played Jesus. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to be unfair, but I'm skipping any any title here with a French name. Uh, there's only two of them. So, uh, Severed, Forest of the Dead. Is that the one I saw with the loggers? Because that sucked. Uh, doesn't ring a bell. I think it's the one where, where, the, where the tree sap is actually turning into the zombies. Oh, I definitely never seen oh, that. Oh, that's a future challenge, my friend. You were going to hate this film. <laughs> that is not a good zombie. That's a horrible zombie. White Noise was Canadian production. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton, White Noise, 2005. Yeah, if, if, if staring at static on the TV for half an hour is scary, that counts as a horror film. I could see that. <laughs> Um, Fido was, uh, I enjoyed that. It's more of a comedy. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, Canadian made. Now, Boy and a Zombie. Uh, Boy and his, yeah, Boy and a Zombie. Yeah. And the newest Pontypool, which I've heard good things about, was also Canadian release. So there are some good Canadian horror films in here, but there's also a lot of crap. Now, and I also want to, as far as this Canadian pride thing here, um, they list a lot of John Carpenter films on this list. They do? Yes. And they're not, as far as I can tell from my research, they're not all made in Canada. Apparently, some Canadians uh, feel that just because he was born in Canada, or that he is a Canadian, I'm not sure if he was born, I don't know if he's born in Canada, but he's a Canadian, um, just because he's Canadian, that anything he makes is a Canadian film. Scanners, for example, was made in Canada. Okay. The, now, The Fly, from what I can find, was a was an American well, production. Carpenter. No, no. I, I, did I say Carpenter? You did say Carpenter. I apologize. I meant Cronenberg. I meant Cronenberg. Okay. Because Carpenter's not Canadian. That's crazy talk. <laughs> no. Cronenberg. Okay. So as I'm saying, Cronenberg did Scanners in Canada. That was a Canadian production. But then they list The Fly, uh, The Dead Zone. I'm positive those are American productions. And, yeah, because... And I, yeah. And, and I know I know Canada that, that just because cheap-ass Americans will often film in, in your country... Because it's cheaper there, and they can they can try to make it look like New York City or California by filming the streets at the proper angle. I know that that, that fills your pride, and it should because you're you're ripping money off from us, and we deserve it. But just because America American production company makes a film in your country doesn't make it a Canadian production. You're getting the money, you don't get the credit for the movie. That's just how it works. You're a location. If that was the case, we could blame half of Transformers Two on Mexico, yeah. which is where they filmed all the Egyptian stuff. So, see, you're not, the, you're not the only country that doubles either. So, I don't want, you know, enough of this crap. Basically, stop this anti-American nonsense when it comes to horror film. Okay, yeah, we're, we're giving you some crappy remakes. We're, we're taking every Asian film that had, like, a decent box office turnout in Hong Kong, and we're turning it into crap. 
I know we take we've taken the cinematic style of a lot of these these classic horror horror films from other countries and completely twisted them inside out, commercialized them, and made them garbage. I understand that, but don't forget who you're dealing with. We gave you Jason, we gave you Freddy, we gave you Michael Myers. Uh, I mean, we we, we yeah, gave you Leatherface. Let's go on. And we on. gave you Leatherface. And, you know, and there's a lot more where that came from. We, even there's, we have a solid foundation in horror film. The exploitation movement of the 70s was 50% of us, 50% of Italy. That's it. The rest of the countries are just tagging along. You guys even have figured out how to debase yourself as much as we have. So when it comes to exploitation horror film, don't just, just point your finger and go, oh, you guys did the Texas Chainsaw remake. That sucked. That's right. But you know what? The original scared the hell out of a lot of people, and the guy who made it ripped everybody off. That takes us 10 times ahead of everybody else. So cool with that stuff. And if you're the editor-in-chief of a major magazine based out of Canada and, and you decide to start bad-mouthing American films, just if you're going to do that, stay consistent and don't list American films as part of your favorite ones because it sounds kind of silly. That's all. Other than that, it's a great magazine. You, know, and you I, like that magazine? Yeah. No, it's a good magazine. I, I haven't. I've never read it. And I, I've, I've read it in the past, and I hope that my, my ranting against the editor-in-chief of it has not uh, squelched any future chances I might have of writing for it freelance. In the future, hopefully, she'll as, hear this. As, as I am, and, oh, I'm sure because I'm sure Javanka, retraction. No, I'm sure Javanka will hear this and immediately say, you know, we, we need to get this guy to write some uh, movie reviews for us because he's uh, the kind of guy we need. Then you'll be he's the employed. kind of person that disagrees with me every time. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm next week. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trash Fangoria, and then I'm gonna, hey. I'm gonna work my way down to the other uh, magazines. By the way, uh, issue number four, I believe, of Shriek Freak magazine is currently available. The link is, you, you will be able to find the link shortly on. Zombie on the Movie Sucktastic website. Uh, Shriek, Freak, Shriek Freak number four, a great indie magazine. Currently, they're reprinting one of my articles on The Lair of the White Worm, in which I dissect the. I, I did read that one. Yes, that's a good one. It's very good. Uh, I, did, I dissect the the dream sequences and the imagery of Ken Russell's Lair of the White Worm. So, and it's a lot of other great stuff in that magazine, chock full of interviews and stuff. Uh, there's a little more. There'll be a little more detail on the site in the upcoming weeks. But uh, we've got a lot of stuff we're working on right now. And right now, the podcast is what we're trying to get off the ground so you have something to listen to while you're trying to find out where the hell we stuck our site. Yeah. Uh, so that was my little rant. I'm hoping not to have one every podcast because it takes a lot out of me. Uh, no hard feelings, Javanka. Obviously, it's just a little thing you said there. Also, well, I do have to complain about one thing, too, in this article. Uh, they kept making, kept making references to how it was wonderful that this female had uh, made a position of editor-in-chief and how she's an example to all their struggling female workers that, that the glass ceiling could be... I'm paraphrasing, of course. Right. That is a great thing that women you know, are finally getting into these high positions. And the only thing that bothered me that is out of the industries where women have not been able to achieve high positions, the publishing industry is not one of them. There are a lot of powerful female editors out there. Uh, a, a lot have been around for a, quite a while, too. And not just not just uh, fashion magazines. There there are there are a lot of, the, the the journalists. There are a lot of female journalists out there that 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 have really uh, paved the way, and a lot of female editors and publishers and editor in chiefs that have really you know taken over sections of the, the industry. And I just thought it was kind of a. I didn't think it was a fair appraisal to say that that she was outstanding because I think she's outstanding because she is editor in chief of Rumorg. Obviously, that position does not come easy. But to say that she's actually an example, uh, um, an example of uh, women excelling of how unusual it is, world. and yeah, I I think it's an unfair, um, I think it's an unfair example comparison. comparison because of the number of women that are successful in the publishing industry 
that aren't uh, multi-tattooed and fiery red hair. <laughs> I think they all should be, though. I think that should be. That would be sexy. I, I, I think they should all look like uh, Danny Trejo with a with a, a clown wig on. Yes, I think that's really where to go. <laughs> and the pacemaker uh, box underneath his stomach. Oh, yeah. You ever see that? No. He was in a movie, low-budget film. It wasn't any of uh, Rodriguez stuff, but he was in this movie where you you actually saw they actually inserted the pacemaker box underneath, like at his belly, and you saw the box, and you actually saw the line going up to the heart a little bit. It was the most awkward, because his trademark is to have an open shirt all the time yeah. with all the tattoos, and they didn't stray away from this, even though he obviously had like this pacemaker, <laughs> pacemaker surgery probably not much earlier than this film. You know what? It only makes him tougher. It probably... <laughs> Machete. <laughs> that that pacemaker he has, you know, that's not a that's not, a, that's not battery charged. No, he he, he, he jump starts that. He, he cranks it. He just, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> the sequel to Crank that was based on Danny Trejo. Oh really? He he runs around like grabbing transformers and then like and then like beating hookers. Oh, that's that's his, that's what he does for fun in between films. Trejo, Danny Trejo is cool. Got nothing against him. He, his his PA is offset, and every 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 fifteen minutes they have to yell cut, and, and Danny Trejo goes aside and tase me. <laughs> Except he doesn't. He does it in Spanish. Oh really? Which I don't know what tease me in Spanish is. It probably I, sounds similar. It probably sounds tough. It probably. Hey. El tazo. <laughs> it probably not that. They probably run screaming in the other direction. You know what? Danny, Danny Trejo would probably scream El tazo, and that would that would work. That'd be if he if he yelled me to me El tazo, I would not giggle. I would say yes, sir. You got it. Yeah. Well, this is uh, S. Michael Wilson. Uh, you can call me Scott. And uh, Joey, JF Guida. JF Guida. You can call me Joey. You can call him Joey. And at some point, we'll give up with the, our writing names and just call ourselves Scott and Joey. And this is the first podcast of Movie Sucktastic. Uh, I hope it recorded properly, and I hope you uh, get to hear it loud and clear. Yeah. And hopefully, this will be the first of many, many chances for us to just rant and complain and uh, and and spout nonsensically about the films we we love and hate. And hopefully, uh, you guys will keep listening. Yes, sir. Uh, you guys have a wonderful August, a, a fantastic September, and may October come with the slap of Halloween in its wake. Yes, never late. And this is the end! <laughs> You have been listening to the first ever podcast for Movie Sucktastic, a website dedicated to bad films, and good films too, but th- we want to thank you for listening. Joey and I both thank you. We're looking for your thoughts, comments, and input on this, because we're looking to do a lot more, and this is the first time we've ever tried it like this, so things are a little bit rough right now. So please, send us your comments. Go to moviesucktastic.com, find the mail link, and email us and let us know. Later on, we're going to have a voicemail set up, too, so you can call in and tell us personally what you thought. But at the moment, email us, tell us what we did right, what we did wrong, if there's any aspects that need to be changed, if you have any technical tips for us, let us know. We're ready to listen to you, because good and bad, we're not afraid of you. So uh, thanks again for listening, and uh, keep watching the skies.